Oh, hello. Welcome. Welcome to episode 42 of Realm and Ruin, a Warhammer podcast. A podcast that is so Warhammer, we're immune to battle shock, but not yeah. a good barbecue, supposedly. But, you know, <laughs> that, that figures. <laughs> I'm yeah. your host, Matt, and joining me as always, a guy so entrenched in his Chaos Knights, he doesn't need to buy any Nurgle's rock paint anymore. It's Cameron. How you doing, mate? Um, um, <laughs> I don't want to burst your bubble there. Um, <laughs> I need to buy a lot more Nurgle's rot. I was actually thinking about that earlier yesterday. It's just oh, oh right. it's starting to run out again. Yeah, I've gone through like I've gone through like three pots in the last month. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my theory is that, mm. that because you're doing so much work for you know for Papa Nurgle that. You know, mm. you would be self-producing it now, or he would be giving uh, you by the bucket load. You know, that was where I was coming yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I, I haven't fallen ill just yet. So okay. we'll see. Okay. We'll see if it if it latches on after this recording. Maybe <laughs> uh, spoilers for the hobby section. I finished another Chaos Knight thing, so I should be getting ill any time now. Uh, so we'll see. Uh- <laughs> oh dear. Right. Okie doke. Episode forty-two. Here we are. What are we going to be talking about? So we shall always get stuck into our hobby stuff, what we've been working on. Obviously, Cameron's already given a a hint of what he's been doing. Uh, Then we're going to get stuck into all the lovely Warhammer news, which there's a decent amount of in the last uh, Mm -hmm. couple of weeks. And then, Mm -hmm. as promised, for the main law topic, we will be discussing the novel Belisarius called The Great Work, which is gorgeous and lovely. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm good, looking forward to talking about that one. And then at the end, we'll have an AOS discussion topic where basically we're going to talk about some of our favourite AOS facts. Mm-hmm. So that is our lovely primed... Oh, there's a there's a pun already. Uh, a lovely primed episode <laughs> to <laughs> get stuck into. So uh, before that, we'll do a bit of admin and our usual mm. sort of stuff. So... As always, you can find the ways you can support us, the ways you can check us out on social media down in the notes as part of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Actually, talking mm-hmm. of social media, Cameron, mm-hmm. you've put us on mm-hmm. another platform, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I got bored and uh, someone suggested. <laughs> so I made an Instagram for us <laughs> and, and I made it using my Facebook profile accidentally because I wasn't paying attention. So my <laughs> friends and family follow me on Instagram, which is awkward because I'm only posting photos of models there, not my day-to-day life. <laughs> it could be like, worse. <laughs> I mean, the, the, account's, the account's first follower was a German exchange student we had for a month in 2009. Nice. So, you know... We'll see. Uh, that's where it starts. That's it. That's yeah. how we're going to get yeah. big on there. I must admit, I I don't know anything about Instagram. It's it's a platform I've never touched. So yeah. I, I know it's all, yeah. like I said, it's a, a photo, you know, centric mm. social media. I'm oh, yeah. really old saying this. I'm like these kids <laughs> and their their Insta books and Facebooks. Um, I, yeah, I, it's something. So yep. So Cameron is in charge of our Instagram situation mm-hmm. and uh where, where where what's the uh the handle for that cameron uh so the handle for our instagram is realm underscore and underscore ruin nice um yeah all lowercase uh you'll notice you'll know it's us by our beautiful logo uh, mm-hmm. that i stole off the twitter account to put on instagram <laughs> um and by the large number of chaos knights on there <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so that's what yeah, i so- do 
So I think the purpose of it for it be it'll be just like I think we said it's just going to be our personal you know sort of Instagram isn't it? It's not going to be about news yeah. or anything like that. It's just going to no, be no. if we do any hobby stuff or sorry I should say when Cameron does hobby stuff and occasionally mm. I do then yeah. that's where it's going to go. <laughs> so I'll put the link down in the description so that cool. Mm. Right, uh, what else we got? Um, Warhammer Waffle Episode 2 is out in the wilderness. Mm. It's out in the Sylvaneth Forests. Yeah. Uh, for your delight. So go check it out. Like I said, we recorded it a couple of weeks ago. It's now out. Um, so yeah, go check it out. Uh, and lastly, Discord. As always, you know, you can come along to our Discord. We've had some new members in the last few weeks, some lovely new people mm-hmm. who are very welcome, as are you listening. Mm. Come along. It's free. And there may be or maybe not a free beer of Bugman's. Um, there's not. Yeah. But, you know, nah. hey, we're just oh. saying it for effect. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, come and check it out. Link, as I said, will be done in the description. And as always, if you join our Discord, you can go onto our channel there and ask us a question, and we will answer mm-hmm. it thusly. So this comes from one of our community, Alan, and he says, so based on the last episode's discussion over the game that me, as in Matt, mm. uh, played at Bugman's, uh, I was wondering, which game do you feel is best suited for the introduction into the hobby in general? in brackets friends mm, or yeah or which for your partner and or kids and why okay so just for context mm, uh mm. last episode i i was talking about where i'd been playing at uh, bugman's in uh warhammer world and basically i played uh combat arena i played uh warhammer underworlds as well and we did have Warcry and aeronautica mm. lined up but we didn't we didn't have the time to play those so just for context yeah, of why that yeah. question's being asked so so yeah cameron what what game do you think's best to get mm. you know, people partners kids into the hobby i'm gonna make a controversial statement that pleases no one and i'm gonna say age of sigma skirmish oh, okay. um, yep. <laughs> i've been thinking i was actually been thinking about that since i saw that in there so i'm glad this is what we're talking about because i have an actual answer prepared um also because one of our <laughs> friends on the Discord, Cofton, uh, the man who has identified me in real life, um, was asking about the best way to get his son interested in actually playing instead of just making believe with his toy soldiers, which is fair. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I really think Age of Sigma Skirmish is probably the best way to get them just into the general mechanics of the game because Age of Sigma is already simpler than 40k. There's not a whole ton of range measuring stuff like that because you're not doing as many shooting attacks generally speaking there's not strength versus toughness um there's not stratagems and all that kind of stuff all that difficult stuff and the age of sigma skirmish just takes that and instead of having 20 to 100 models you have two to 20 models Mm -hmm. um and you know eat if you really wanted to get a feel for a faction you could honestly play a game of skirmish where you have one model from each unit for the faction, you use the basic rules for those units. You don't have to use allegiance abilities or anything. Nice and simple, uh, and it can just be a fun little time running around rolling dice. Uh, it's probably not terribly balanced. I can't. I was doing all this <laughs> off conjecture, by the way. I've never played Age of Sigma Skirmish, um, <laughs> but uh, but honestly, it teaches the basic mechanics of this is how you move, this is how you roll your dice, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and aside from that kill team honestly as well i think the important thing is to keep a relatively low model slash unit count to avoid like 
overwhelming, overwhelming, I was thinking overstimulating, that's not quite right, overwhelming, like, <laughs> with all this new information, you don't want to just dump a bucket of stuff on people's heads and go, learn this, do it now, immediately, before I beat you in your introductory game. Um, <coughs> yeah, yeah, so I would, I would say Age of Sigma Skirmish, or if you're more into 40k, a good kill team. Okay, yeah, that's... A solid answer. Yeah, like you, I've never played Skirmish, and I think I, I would I would like to if it was a bit more supported in the sense that if mm. it was a bit more like Kill Team. Yeah. Because I think yeah. the, the, the slight snag with Skirmish is that, like you said, from what I've read, it's very it can be very lopsided at times. Mm. And it, 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 yeah, it's almost like they, I feel like they needed to do the effort they put into Kill Team as opposed to yeah. just, with Skirmish. Yeah. They've sort of... Well, they put it in White Dwarf, didn't they, recently? Or yeah. I think it was the start of the year from memory. So Yeah. Yeah. But no, you're right. Still I can see why where you'd come from on that. Um I think I think in my answer, I I would probably say Warhammer Underworlds. Okay. Okay. Now a few reasons. I mean it's difficult because obviously the question is sort of to friends partners or mm. kids and obviously that's yeah. obviously a very wide group of people mm. <laughs> so i'm just trying to think for, sort of from personal experience why i would pick underworlds i think yeah the advantage you've got is it's more board game like which mm. you know people can relate to it's got cards again you know again coming in because obviously people coming into this potentially may have very little or no experience in war gaming and obviously but they may be familiar with cards and things like that so mm-hmm. i think that may be there is a, a good reason. Obviously, yeah. the war bands are self-contained. You don't need to think about them. You don't need to mm, think of like configurations mm. and and uh, list building and anything like that. You've got, you know, your war band. That's what they are. They, there's the characters. You can tie the cards to the characters. So you're like, oh, that's so and so. Yeah, I can see where he is. You're limited what you can do in the game. You know, which again makes it a bit easier. Um, you're also limits the amount of times you can do stuff so again mm. in theory games mm. can once you get the hang of things don't shouldn't go on too long um yeah. you it's, it's economical as well to a degree mm. you know mm. uh, buying a warband is you know relatively uh, inexpensive i know that's always mm. subjective but i think in this hobby you know 17 pound 50 to 20 pounds over yeah. here is you know with the cards yeah. and a warband you can just put them together without glue that's very appealing as well i think mm. um yeah i i think that's the, the sort of reason i know there's there's caveats with that i know that obviously there's still a bit of complexity with the game i mean it's not you know it's relatively straightforward but there's still a few nuances and you know things mm. to consider mm. but yeah, I think I think Underworlds is a good shout, really, because I think yeah. it's just got enough structure to sort of get you involved. Mm. Um, I mean, I could say some of the games I've played recently, like Co- Combat Arena, but that's a bit of a funny one, but even though I loved it. Um, I think that because mm. it, of its a lack of availability, you know, it's only available in certain countries and, you know, and, mm. and such like, I don't think that would be as much of a selling point. Whereas I think Underworld, because it's Underworlds, because it's still supported, you know, you may have leagues going. Um, and, you know, again, if I sort of, again, talking from personal experience, like if I use my, my wife example, like she's never really been into this sort of stuff, but uh, in the mm. Warhammer side of things, but I've got her into card games. And, yeah. you yeah. know, and I, I know obviously Underworlds is sort of part card game, part miniature game. But I think, you know, if you've got people that can relate to that sort of stuff, as opposed to models, you can almost, you know, sell them 
the models in a different way in in the sense that mm. you know a lot of people are, pl- are playing board games and you know even playing games like monopoly and and things like that you know it, it, they can relate you know if you look at them as the models as just figurines that you move around which you do technically but obviously to mm. us we we know a bit more about them than that it, <laughs> yeah I, I i yeah i suppose that's what i'm sort of getting to i think you've got a lot of things in there uh like you i agree kill team if you are more interested in 40k or sci-fi in general, then Kill Team is probably more appropriate in that sense. Because obviously, again, with Underworlds, you are limited to uh, the, you know, to obviously the AOS universe. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe even Blackstone Fortress. Again, I've not played it. I'm desperate to play it mm, at some point yeah. when, <laughs> when some people I know buy it. Um, mm. and so, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that would be another one to consider, but I can't personally speak on that one because i've mm. never played it so yeah but you i mean that's the thing that's why gw has made a lot of these games these specialist games or gateway games they often get referred to as you know there, there is definitely ways to get people in the hobby but i don't yeah. i don't think there's one answer to solve it i think it really does depend on you know mm. who, if it's a friend a partner a child <laughs> you know all yeah. that. it really depends yeah. on on those sort of things but i think you know like you said skirmish and i think underworlds are definitely two solid considerations anyway so mm. cool yeah. okay well i hope that has answered your question alan right um at this point you would usually jump into hobby stuff but wait but wait <gasps> chaos gods have called us first so no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh if you are, have looked on the warhammer community site in the last week or so or social media etc you will see that they or may have seen that they have posted a little mini game to obviously celebrate with to with the uh, slaves to darkness coming out uh, very shortly so they've done a path to glory little mini game which basically just involves mm. rolling dice which is good for us yep. we don't have to pay yep. anything up <laughs> so uh if you're like i said following this on on the show as we're about to do it now which i said me and cameron just going to play it just to you know it won't only take a few minutes probably we'll probably be dead before we know it yeah probably <laughs> so yeah basically if you go onto the page you'll find it on the community site i'll probably i'll try and link it in the, like i said in the description um basically it's just a bunch of tables and charts that you know tell you what happens if you roll a certain number so <laughs> starting mm. as a chaos marauder yeah. or aspirant so uh cameron i'll let you go first okay with your okay. Yeah, uh, chaos yeah. marauder do, do, does do they have a name um biff biff tannen biff tannen be my chaos marauder right yeah. okay so come on biff he's aiming to, he's aiming right. to not be waxing arcade <laughs> mount anymore um <laughs> okay so, first roll so, stage one that's it what have we got eight 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 glory, glory is eight. yours <laughs> immediately advancing up the ranks i'll take it yep so now that, uh biff now is now a chaos yeah. warrior Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Uh, but now, so this is interesting because it's easier to die as a Chaos Warrior than as a Marauder, <laughs> which I feel is a little out of whack, but, you know, yeah. they've got to winnow them down somehow. Um, so let's see, it's a Chaos Warrior. I got a three. He is dead. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so Biff, man. Amazing. Biff, well done. <laughs> you tried, but you got to Chaos Warrior, which... You know, Biff is impressive. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're dead, you know, so you tried. <laughs> he made it failed. far enough to get killed by a storm cast instead of by a free gilder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, take take heart from it. So, right, okay. I think, all right, so it's my turn now. So mm. um, I'm going to call mine 
uh, Matt the Destroyer of Mold Lines. Okay. Nice. He, oh, nice. Matt, he, hates he them. Ble- oh, oh, don't get started <laughs> about mold lines. He hates them. He sees them. He's got to destroy them. He's the bane of them. Mm. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, stage one. I'm going to roll two D6. D- I also get an eight. So, oh, nice. Glory is go. mine. Right. <laughs> Matt, the mold line destroyer, is now a Chaos Warrior. So, next table. Let's see what happens. I get a five, which means I'm injured in injured. battle. So, so, now I. Roll. That's it. So I now go to the injury table, uh, and then I go back to the previous table, and this is one yeah. d six. So yeah, I get a five. So I get a serious concussion. So basically, this means I subtract <laughs> one. Now I go yeah. back to the previous table. So right, so I'm back yeah, to yeah. chaos warrior. Okay, I'm hanging. I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm swaying, but let's see what <laughs> happens. Right, I get an eight, which would become a seven. So I survive. So. You. so yeah. Uh, right, so now that basically means I make another combat roll. So yeah. I presume now I don't do a minus one because I'm not yeah, concussed yeah, anymore. No more. So, yeah. so right, come on. Come on, Matt, the mold line destroyer. I get a seven, which you means I survive. Keep going. Right. That's it, keep Stuck going. as a chaos warrior forever. Yeah, <laughs> right, I get a six and I survive again. Oh, he's in, <laughs> he's in for the long haul. He's I get a six get again. Oh my He's god! Surviving. He's surviving. I get an eleven. Yes, glory's oh. mine. I'm a chaos there knight. That's yeah. it. That's it. Right, we're on the chaos <laughs> knight table. Let's see what happens. Another two d six. I get a ten. Glory is mine. Oh, oh my I'm a god! Vanguard. Oh, see, <laughs> after all that fighting, is a chaos. Yeah, <laughs> chaos all that work experience <laughs> paying off real fast. <laughs> right, Arkin okay, just think- ticking off that resume. <laughs> exactly. Now things get serious as a Vanguard. You've got much more chance of dying. So let's yeah. see. Let's see what happens. Right, I get a six, which means I'm dead. dead. Oh. Ah, <laughs> one step short of greatness. Oh, fair play. <laughs> well done, Matt, the Moldline Destroyer. You um, you did well. Oh got yeah, to did really well. That was fantastic. <laughs> what a what a dumb little mini game. I love it. It's brilliant. We just wasted Should... a few minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. Just got just gotta just gotta play this when the kits come out and roll up until we get like a demon prince who's missing an arm and a leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. To Biff and mm. <laughs> Matt the Modline Destroyer. Matt the Modline Destroyer, yeah. Yep. Praise be unto him. Yep, exactly. Rest in peace, buddy. Right, okay, let's move on to the hobby stuff at last. <laughs> so, uh, Cameron, what have you been working on the last few weeks, mate? All righty, righty, righty. All right, all right, all right. Um, so, first <laughs> off, as I alluded, I finished Gravflieg, uh, my mm. beautiful little war dog, uh, and I'm very, very happy with her. She looks great. Um, so... Something I was talking about, I believe, in the Warhammer Waffle was I'm really enjoying Chaos Knights partially because every project I do, I'm learning something new and mastering another skill, whether it be in modeling or painting or just composition in general and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the name of the game for this project turned out to be Battle Damage on Paint. Hooray. <laughs> um, but I am really, really happy uh, with how this how this came about. Um, because I was initially going to go with a very light white gray, like an Ulthuan gray level for the paint. And then I thought that's too bright, which I think the lesson I learned here is the first bit of the night I should paint is the base. 
because every time I get most of the way through painting one of these Chaos Knight projects, I look at it and I go, oh, the colors are too bright. And it's because I haven't painted the base yet. So the base is just like the white from the primer and it's like <laughs> overpowering everything else. Um, as soon as I painted the base, it looked fine actually. But before I came to that realization, I freaked out and I repainted all the panels in a dark gray. And then I painted the base and went, well, now she's too dark. So I sort of, <laughs> I sort of heavily and very streakily dry brushed the white over the top and it looks like streaky old worn down paint, which is great. Uh, I'm actually pretty happy with it. It's a bit of a hobby mistake that turned into a hobby technique. Uh, it's a happy little accident, as uh, Bob Ross, <laughs> King of Demons, would say. Um, and uh, then I dug through my memories for some uh, some other battle damage stuff I could do, because while it was nice, um, it was kind of uninteresting to look at. It was just a big mess of streaky painted on white um and uh i remembered and recalled the uh do it with a bit of sponge uh recipe which is get a little bit of a not necessarily sponge i use the stuff from a from a dice box to like hold dice in place that foamy spongy stuff Mm -hmm. um dab a bit of brown paint on it dab most of it off and then just dab it randomly around to create this sort of flecked scratched look then do the same but with some lead belcher and finally do the same but with some riser rust for sort of a rust in those patches and i built it up uh and i'm pretty happy with that looks this is actually the only night with zero decals on it that i've done (laughs) uh no transfers here because i just want the uh the battle damage to shine and i did some like some uh oxidation and weathering with uh streaks of uh, washers and stuff like that and yeah really really happy with how that whole that whole da- dosh, gosh diddly darn thing uh turned out <laughs> um especially the very very last minute edition of uh the weapons look too basic and i wrapped some barbed wire around the barrels like literally after i finished painting everything else and i went oh yes perfect as you um, <laughs> yeah yeah as i do um so yeah that, that was that was pretty exciting that was pretty good i uh, i really enjoyed that one um I've worked out my favorite part of any project, which is what I call the snowball stage, where suddenly, for apparently no reason, it is almost done with almost zero effort. Like, it took me, like, I've been working on this thing on and off for, like, a month at this point. And over the last two days, it took me, I think, an hour and a half of work to actually finish it. (laughs) Uh, Everything just sort of snowballed together. Like, as soon as you start gluing armor panels on, I think it's the the actual sign in night kits. As soon as you feel comfortable gluing those armor panels on, it's basically done. It's so good. Um, It feels feels great. Um, And it feels so good, in fact, uh, that um, I I got to writing because I've enjoyed doing all my nights so far, and I want to really flesh them out. Uh, and so I have, by which I mean I've created a family tree, named every important member, named their knight, and defined what class of knight it is, as well as writing a small <laughs> short story about one of them. Love and it. a Christmas letter, incidentally. Oh, wow. Uh, if you'll notice in the gallery chat, I have a, I have a Christmas letter. Well, a Sanguinala letter, actually. Um Dear cousin, we hope the holiday season finds you well. Sanguinala is always a joyous time as we celebrate the fall of the corpse emperor's angel bastard. You'll be overjoyed to learn our very own Wolfgang Malinar is to be married at the turn of the year. You are humbly invited to join us in the formalization of his union with Contessa Silva Dufresne, formerly of House Herpetrax. May the grandfather's love hold and bless you this holiday season. Yours pestilently, Grandlord Kramis Malinar. 
granddaddy xoxo um <laughs> so i've been really getting into like the head and the family politics and family dynamics yeah. of this house and it's kind of weird um but you know i've been i've been writing up all these little bits of things and i've got so the, the family has 16 active members currently and i've got a pretty good idea of what each of their nights would look like and this is a problem primarily <laughs> because i have four i have four of them done and two of those are armatures, so it's not really quarter of the way there. So this is a very long-term goal to assemble the entirety of House Interitis, uh, but it's something I, I want to work towards. And in the meantime, I've found this is like a big font of inspiration. Like I said, I've been jotting stuff down all over the place. Um, I've been doing a lot of sketching as well, sketching like concepts for future nights and stuff like that. So I already have because I've got I've got the 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 swamp thing one planned out which updates on that in a second um i've got a knight atropos planned out and i've got an armature moirax the little forge world armature planned out already as well as sword sort of a knight tyrant uh, which is the dominus class one so like uh, there's lots of things going on in there it's just a matter of mostly money not even time i've got lots of time right now <laughs> um so it's going to be a long-term project because it'll be a very expensive project otherwise uh, if I try to do it all at once. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but it's been great. Um, it's just I've written so many umlauts in the last few days. Um, you would not believe. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's fun. And, like, I get, get to add a little extra stuff in there. So, like, for example, one of the nobles, Wolfgang Malinar, is married to uh, an, a noble who was exiled from another Chaos Knight household. Um, so, like, I use that to, like, sneak in some more French naming conventions instead of just the sort of more Germanic ones and stuff like that. Um, and sort of add some political intrigue to the family. <laughs> tree as it were <laughs> um but I, I don't know i really like the idea of this big big like literal a family for the night household like they are all they're all related um whether by marriage or by blood uh there's a couple of them that are more like hangers on from the family tree <laughs> uh for example the, the night atropos who um who is an outcast from the family primarily because he lets his knight just kind of sit in a tube of radioactive liquid at all times, which <laughs> which kills all forms of life because he's a germaphobe and he just got happened to be in the wrong household for this. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a real germaphobe. He doesn't want Nurgle's rot to kill him, so he makes sure he and his knight are constantly horrifically irradiated. Uh, and the uh, the rest of the family's like, please don't come near us because you will kill everything. <laughs> including the millions upon billions upon trillions of little diseases we all carry as loyal followers of Nurgle. We can't have that. So you're sort of like the family outcast. You're part of it. We don't like you. We don't talk to you at Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even though you're like the second oldest patriarch in the family, we, we ignore him. <laughs> we don't talk about, we don't talk about great, great uncle Morton. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. It's not a reflection of your own family tree then. <laughs> Oh God, no! Um, no, <laughs> my my uncle is not horrifically irradiated, and he does not leave the ground dead wherever he walks. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been great, and sort of getting into how they work uh, in the battlefield as well has been fun. So I've decided 
Um, cause my very first idea when I built the first night was like the death guard would toll a special bell and this tree would grow up from out of the ground and then the tree would stand up because the knife <laughs> was underneath it and it had like crawled through the warp to end up under the mud and blood of the battlefield or something like that. And I went, well, that sounds good. How about this is a fleet based night household. They have no home planet. They all live in, live in a big fuck off spaceship. Um, and <laughs> Instead of instead of all that expensive nonsense like Titan landing pods and stuff, it's difficult. Look, that's expensive. It takes hours to make Planetfall. You can get shot by anti-air stuff on your way down. Why not just put a secondary warp drive in the hangar and tear open a warp rift to the ground whenever you want to go to battle? Yeah. That's perfectly safe. Of course that's it is. Perfectly Good point. safe. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's their method of getting around is they open a warp rift, the knights walk through it and teleport down to the battlefield, much in the same way Terminators do. Um, but when they arrive, they are covered in demons trying to get through the hull. Uh, <laughs> and so this is my explanation for when I take multiple ta- detachments in this army. Uh, once I get enough knights for multiple detachments of knights, I'm going to run one as iconoclast and one as infernal. And the iconoclast knights will be the one that ones that have been on the battlefield for a while and the demons have dissipated, like they're not clinging to the hull anymore. <laughs> uh, so they're using traditional knightly like combat techniques. And the Infernals are the ones who just arrived. They're still covered in demons. They're still leeching power directly from the warp. Uh, and they get to use the Infernal stuff of, you know, take damage and roll for bonuses and stuff like that. Um, that was just a fun little, fun little tidbit about how the house operates that I feel makes them <laughs> relatively unique. And I really like it. Um, so enough about my fanfic. What am I actually doing? Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's one big fanfic about this German family with one French lady who married into it going, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I managed to find a decently cheap castigator on eBay. Uh, it was decently cheap because, cheap because as far as I could tell from the screenshots, it looked like it was assembled primarily by just dunking it in a pot of superglue. Um <laughs> So we will see. They were they were low. They were low quality photos. So maybe it wasn't as bad as it looked, but it could be as bad as it looks. But I don't care. <laughs> I'll still love it anyway. Um. So we'll see what kind of condition it is in when it arrives. Hopefully, it arrives before the end of the year. That would be nice. I would be like that. It's currently somewhere over the ocean. <laughs> I think it's being shipped, not planed. But we'll see. Um. So it should arrive sometime uh at which point i will work out what condition it is in and probably just pull it to pieces and start all over again um but uh yeah so that's going to be the night castigator uh who pilots the night castigator let's see my fanfic um (laughs) 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 yes i consult the tome um so it's going to be piloted by a I, I was going to say a young man, but he's actually fairly high up the tree, so he's quite old. By Johan Malinar, um, who is sort of the gr- he is the grandson of um, Kramus Malinar, the father of the household, uh, and he pilots the Serastus Castigator Flusteufel, uh, which is River Demon. So it's, nice. the, it's the swamp yep. thing, yeah. Um, uh, and I had a great idea for it. it's like on on top of like I think last episode the Catacross. 
one I explained I was going to have like all the plants growing off and leaping out of the water. Yeah. Um, and my, my building on that is with a Sarastis castigator, you can see inside the cockpit, like you can, it's got a modeled cockpit and everything. Um, so what I'm going to do, cause like my idea for this night is it likes to lie in wait underwater, then spring out kind of like a crocodile slash ambush predator kind of dealio. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to paint up and uh, build and paint up like the pilot wearing a little like scuba kit, like a rebreather mask and some air tubes <laughs> and have him pinned in, uh, pinned like, uh, not pinned in, plugged in to the, to the throne mechanicum. And then I'm going to fill that little, that little, uh, pilot compartment with resin because it's full of water. <laughs> he is, <laughs> he's been underwater for three days waiting for this Imperial Guard convoy to come past. So he's been just sitting there waiting as the cockpit slowly fills up from all the holes because it's a Nurgle night. It's not plugged well. It's not well sealed, obviously. Yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that'll be like a fun little detail. So I'll, I'll have like the top hatch magnetized so I can pull it off and show people, hey, look. This guy has the worst job ever. His ears are full of water for three days while he waits to attack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, every time every time he comes back to base, he, he you know he gets out of the night, and they just have to like pump it, pump it empty of all the water. <laughs> uh, I'll, get, I'll get all kinds of gross things with that. I'll have. Oh, I should do like a little nurgling holding like a lung, like a literal lung for air, <laughs> just kind of swimming around there. I'll see if I can do something like that. <laughs> like a little scuba diving nurgling as well. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Uh, so he, so that's on the way and that's hopefully going to be my summer project. I'm actually really looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So the, the night household continues. Maybe I'll get ill from finishing one of them or beginning another one. Who knows? Who knows? Who, who yep. cares? Who cares? It's going to be good. Um, <laughs> uh, so as far as other hobby things, I, oh, these sirens. Oh, oh dear. Um, they're coming for me. I've done crimes <laughs> against the emperor. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as other hobby things, uh, I had a, I had a quick, uh, reread of Belisarius Call the Great Work because I read it like a month and a half ago. So it was a while ago. So I had to do a quick refresher course. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's still really good. We'll talk more about it later. Yes. Um, and earlier today, I bought the Night Lords omnibus by Aaron Dembski Bowden because again this is one I've heard a lot of good about uh, and I'm about halfway through the first book already so I can attest hey it's a really good book already <laughs> um really really loving it um I, I mean I got it because people were um talking about it but also because that that Warhammer animations teaser had some Night Lord stuff in it and Aaron Dembski Bowden was being coy and I'm like hmm I should learn about this while I can <laughs> um so we'll see what we'll see if that's anything or anything like that. Um, but it was pretty fun. Uh, it's a it's a good book so far. I'm really looking for it's a it's a big meaty omnibus. There's like Ooh, yeah. three full novels and like four short stories, I think, in there something like that. So mm -hmm. I've got I've got my reading for the next couple of weeks sorted, which is nice. Um, I took part in the R slash Warhammer official Secret Santa, which nice. was nice. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if I got in, but apparently there's a delay because they had like double last year's entrances, so it just took them forever <laughs> to process everything. Um, and I happened to get someone who also collects Death Guard and stuff like that, so congratulations <laughs> to them. Uh, their gift has been sent off and presumably received. The, the Australia Post says it was delivered, but they're also in New South Wales, so it could have 
caught fire at any point, knowing Australia. Um, my country is burning to the ground. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but I, if you're if you're out there, if you're for some reason listening to our show, I hope you liked it. I'm sorry I can't be one of those Warhammer sugar secret Santa daddies who just throws like 500 bucks down. I think. Oh yeah. But, I was saying but, this the other day, actually. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> what surprises me is what people do buy for their friends. Mm. I mean, this wasn't actually oh, like yeah. Secret Santa, like the official one. Just just what people mm. buy in general. I mean, some people are amazingly generous to their friends. Oh yeah. And like there was a post on, I think it was on the 40k Reddit, where they, they obviously want to get their friend into 40k, mm. and they basically bought them. I think it was like the. Necron start collecting box, the codex. Uh, it was like all the Citadel tools, like the mold line remover, the, yeah, you know, the, the official yeah. brushes, the drill, everything. And then, and then paints on top. And I mean, it was at least, I don't know, over here, probably about 150 quids worth of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. The, and that was just um, buying it for a friend. You're like, wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be mm. that guy's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I can't do that, but I did. I did get you a couple of the Death Guard Elite models, so I hope you like those. They're kind of what you were asking for, so good for you. Um, I haven't gotten mine. It's not from him, obviously, in return, but I will keep people updated on what I get. I'm, I, I was kind of circumspect. I'm, I went, I'm doing Chaos Knights. I don't want to ask anyone to buy me a night kit, so here's, like, bits that I could like if you don't want to buy full kits of things. You <laughs> yeah. can just go and find a bit seller or something like, yeah, that might be better. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I want the Plague Burst Mortar and the tracks, but I don't want anything else from the entire Plague Burst Crawler kit, so I don't want people to get me one of them. Yeah, no, it's fine. Whatever I get, I'm sure it'll be very cool. Um, and it's been nice. It's just nice to do one of these community-style things and just, you know, celebrate the holidays and hopefully yeah. bring everyone together. So that's nice. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, 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 but have I done anything else important? Oh, my memory is failing me. I don't think I have. I don't <laughs> think, emphasis on the think, I have. I've done some writing. I've done some reading. I've done mm. Chaos Knight stuff. I've done a Secret Santa. I think that has been my two weeks. <laughs> That's good. It's a good, solid, <laughs> yeah. well-rounded two weeks. Mm. And. Mm. And no doubt it's going to put my two weeks to shame because <laughs> I've done very little. If I'm being brutally honest, I was there sort of, you know, doing my notes and I was mm. thinking, I really haven't done much over the last few weeks. And I yeah. don't know why. I think I can only really put it down to the fact it's that time of year. You know, it's obviously mm. we've got Christmas mm. in a few weeks and, you know, you end up going to birthday parties and, you know, christmas events and things like that and yeah i just i i've not really done anything to be honest i've um so i was sort of sc scraping the barrel of uh of hobby stuff really um i've not really <laughs> touched anything model wise um mm. i mean the good thing is i've not really bought anything which is good yeah. for me because i i do buy too much so i've mm. not really you know because i've been spending my money on christmas presents and i suppose you know, I was thinking, well, I mean, that funny sort of position now, probably like a lot of people, where you, you know, Christmas coming up, you end up giving like wish lists to your friends and mm. family. And then obviously the, the, the sort of snag is then 
you see it, you know, something, and you think, mm. well, I want to buy that. Oh, but then I may get it for Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> and so you sort of got yeah. to put everything on hold for a, <laughs> sort of two or three <laughs> weeks until you find out whether you have got it or not. So, yeah, so I've sort of not really bought anything. Um, uh, I, I've sold stuff, if that counts. Oh, I've, um, yeah, I've, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if anyone was listening a couple episodes ago when I went halves on the Blood of the Phoenix box set, um, where I mm. ended up buying the Drakari half, in a moment of impulse um i sold it because i thought mm-hmm. yeah it, you know i think I, I spoke about it on warhammer waffle as well that it was just instant buyer's regret for me that that mm. box you know of all the all the you know ridiculous stuff i bought this year that was probably the first time i had instant regret so i uh, yeah i sold it to uh adrian friend of the show so mm-hmm. he can do something with it. And it, I mean, he's a fantastic painter. So, you, you know, yeah. he will do amazing stuff with it. So win, it's win-win really, because basically I, I sold him for the, you know, the amount I bought him for and mm-hmm. he gets a good deal and can do something amazing with it. So, and it, and yeah. the good thing is it then put some money back in my hobby pot. <laughs> so now mm-hmm. I can go, mm, what to buy with them now? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I must admit, well, you know, it, before we started recording and whilst, you know, we've been talking. I the, like mm. my thumb is away, just like fingers away from ordering like the new Slaves of Darkness uh, start collecting box <laughs> oh, and, God, tell and the me battle tome. <laughs> so it's like, which we'll talk about in the news in a bit. So mm. yeah, I've, mm. I'm holding holding off at the moment. So um, oh, I did. I bought some grey seer spray paint, if that counts as well. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think because because when I you know when I get back into building my Nurgle stuff, which you know it was you know getting getting mm. somewhere i just like i said i haven't really done much with it in the last couple of weeks so i i'm going to try get grace here this time uh because i last time i did some painting i used wraithbone as, as the mm. as the undercoat so i'm yeah gonna try grace here i think i just want to see how that goes in general i feel like it'll be mm. sort of more you know more what i want to do because i'm because i said the the the, the maggot king kin i'm going to be doing is probably going to have sort of bluish and mm. bluish grayish sort of turquoisey type tones and that's why i think yeah. grace here may be a bit better for it so i'm gonna yeah yeah so i'm gonna yeah. see, how, see how it goes uh so yeah buying and hobby that's all i've already done uh reading uh i have done a bit of reading um i read the great work obviously for the for this episode mm-hmm. for the third time <laughs> or listen to it i should say because i've got it on audio um i've also started i'm probably about a third of the way through mark of faith which is the mm. new sisters of battle novel uh, that came out recently uh written by rachel harrison and uh, i'm i think i've said before on the show that i'm not I'm not familiar with what she's written before, as in I've not read any of her stuff as yet. And she's quite well known for Honor Bound, which came out a little while ago, which is supposed to be absolutely fantastic. It's on my shelf over there, uh, ready mm. for another day. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> coming back to it, Mark of Faith. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, I'm, it's about oh, 12 hours long, because you know, again, I've got the audio and I'm, I'm about four or five hours in. It's basically, again, not really spoiling anything. It basically alternates between a obviously a sister of battle and a female inquisitor and it's one of those where there's not actually a a massive amount of action in it it's a lot more um about what's going on around them how they're feeling um it 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 feel i'm not i'm not making a direct comparison but it's sort of more like the eyes and horns sort of stuff really and um 
predominantly because it's written in a first person perspective which has taken me a while to get mm. used to because i haven't listened or read eisenhorn for a while now and most every other yeah. black library novels generally done in you know is not done in first person so this one is and it's quite you know it's almost you got almost got to mm. adjust to it uh but no i i'm really impressed with it so far and yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll see how it goes like i said I'll, I'll 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 have it finished by uh next recording and i'll obviously give you a, mm. a better outline of it so yeah uh, <laughs> that's been cool so far i've also then finally got around to getting hell's reach as well because i've never read yes. hell's reach and everyone obviously says how amazing that book is so again <laughs> you know i i haven't started it yet because like I i've been doing mark mm. faith so i will get onto that at some point as well um and yeah i mean re i mean oh actually i know what I've, i know actually just just to interject actually i know what i've spent mm. a lot of my time doing from a hobby's perspective is scouring yeah. the internet uh which is why i've said before looking at tor garadon uh kit mm. bashes and conversions oh i think, I, think I, I mean that that, that <laughs> deserves its own like twitter account i think you oh, know like they did, God, you know, like they did with the primaries lieutenant yeah, they yeah. need a tor garadon yeah. one um because I need you need to put it in perspective. I've seen legitimately two actual Tor Garadons in the time <laughs> since that model has released. I have seen at least two hundred kit bashes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I've seen yeah. I've seen Imperial fists that aren't Tor Garadon built out of Tor Garadon. Garadon what what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it, I, I love it. I love it. I love the fact that they've they you know they've done this miniature, which is really cool and people have just used it as like a baseline for any sort of space marine uh primaris uh chapter mm. master captain oh know, yeah you know wolf chaos lord. lord yeah chaos lord <laughs> yeah you know i've just Makes seen a great some, iron warrior <laughs> it, it does actually i've seen some really good and like they're just and and it's not and, and it's not to criticize the original sculpt because it's it is really good it's just that mm. I, I think that what people are doing is just uh, are just taking it to a far different level oh, yeah. to be honest and yeah. i'm i'm not getting bored of seeing them because you just see them you're on twitter <laughs> you're on reddit wherever you are and you just come across mm. them because people obviously posting mm. them and then it's almost like you know it's oh. like, a, like you said it's a bit of a joke where people aren't yeah. making him as tor garrett they're making him as a, just, a custom character oh i just had a bad thought which is make an empress children chaos lord you know how you know how the big power fist has like the little circle tube things on top of each knuckle. Yep. Make those little speakers. Oh, just boom with every punch. For an that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd like, be I so think, dumb. I'd love it. <laughs> like we said before on the show, I think we need to do something with this. I think there needs to oh, be. Yeah. A tour garadon competition. Yeah, we yeah, need to do something. Yeah. I mean, it's something we're toying with on the on the Discord because last last year, talking to Secret Santa before we mm. we did one and that went down really well. But I think just because of we've sort of <laughs> forgot about it really this year. Christmas um, has snuck up on us. <laughs> it has, and we're we're all you know we're adults <laughs> and we've got lots going on mm. in our lives, so it get, easily gets forgotten about. But I think, like I said, I think what will be really cool, which we'll do on our Discord, again, another reason to come and join mm. us, is mm. to, I think, like I said, we'll we'll do a kit bash, well, competition, you know, just a sort of a yeah. fun thing. Like, if again, if you saw on the Warhammer community site recently, they did a an Inquisition kit bash, like sort mm. of show off, you know, of, of the different staff members. And again, I think we should do something similar on the Discord, I think, in the new year, you know, get mm. Christmas and New mm. Year out of the way. And then, you know, when people have got a bit more time and, 
Yeah, see what we can yeah. do, really. But yeah, I think there needs to be a tour Garadon somewhere. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> I would I would personally be okay, and I would take part in a kit bash competition where the only the only like barrier to entry is the base model has to be tour Garadon. Yeah, exactly. It can be anything. Like, we should you can just turn do it into that. anything. Yeah, I think it needs to be done. I think because he he is a. And mm. I'll, I'll be being honest. I I did put him on my wish list, even though I'm not, I'm focusing on yeah. on AOS. I I did put him on my wish list as a as like the one forty k, you know, sort of uh, yeah. throw yeah. in there, just because I I feel okay. at some point in the future I need to get bash him. I've just what well, I've yeah. seen so much yeah. of it, and I've got so many ideas. Just... And yeah. yeah. So I just I just checked the Warhammer Reddit and I just searched for Tor Garadon. Hmm. There are. Two actual Tor Garadons on there, one of which is the reveal of the miniature from Warham Community. <laughs> so that I don't count. <laughs> yeah. Of the of the twenty other Tor Garadons I have looked at, five of them were Imperial Fists converted from Tor Garadon. <laughs> Two were Iron Warriors and the other thirteen were an assemblage of various chapters or legions. <laughs> says it all doesn't it really oh it really does the thing is that he's a good model because the fact Mm. he's got a lot of potential because like for example the simple stuff like he doesn't really have any uh any imperial fist iconography that you can't easily Mm. get rid of because ultimately it's a shoulder pad so you just don't put the the imperial fist one on if you want a different chapter and that little Mm. shield thing he's got on the front again it's an optional piece so in theory if you take those two away he is just a space marine at the end of the day, mm, mm. and you know, I've seen I've seen him with awesome looking head swaps, like Reaver swaps, uh, Grey Knight mm. helmets on him. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he just got that great pose. He's got that awesome Ooh. huge power fist, which just yeah, you know, looks amazing. And I've I've seen some really good stuff with the the grav gun he's got on on the top of his um, backpack as well. Mm. Like where I've been, mm. seen people turn it into heavy bolters. I've seen people turn it in like extend it, so it's on a yeah you know, yeah on an extender. Uh, yeah, uh, I've seen the, the, that that Iron Warriors one that's doing the rounds. That looks amazing. Mm. Giving him like a missile launcher uh, on yeah, there as well. Yeah, yeah just yeah, it's, it, it's inspiring. It really is. So, oh, I yeah, think that's good. I, I, think I could just imagine GW looking at all the the stats and like, <laughs> God, why is he selling so well? I mean, he's a good model, but he's you know he's doing really well. <laughs> it's like there's a yeah, there's a hidden reason behind that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I've, I've seen the title My Chapter Master Made Using Tor Garadon so many times over the <laughs> yeah, last two yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that's impressive for the, the guy. Well, it must be a bit actually a bit funny for the, the guy or, or lady that, that sculpted the um, mm, tour mm. going on in the first place because i don't i don't know who did it but yeah yeah whoever did it there must be sort of half of them thinking oh it's amazing that we've i've inspired so many people but then the other people yeah. the, the, the fact that everyone's changing him thinking yeah but that's how i wanted him to look <laughs> it's like that's how it's, yeah. but hopefully they oh, take it in a positive way because it, it oh yeah but there, there is kits like that there is kit and um, mm. um, i think we'll talk about it probably in our, in our final episode of the of the year because i think we could i think that's something we need to talk about like what's a you know, what's been a great kit for the year. And I think, like, with mm. Torgaradon, it's an example of ones you've seen in the past. Like, for example, the, the Vanguard Vets Space Marine kit, oh, yeah. which obviously is a, yeah. you know, a few years old now. Classic. But it's, it's such a, like I said, it's such a, a flexible kit, you know, for lots of mm. different things. And I think, like I said, Torgaradon's in that, in that perfect position. 
And now, hopefully, as people, you know, as they're listening, they're like going to their <laughs> store or going to the website of their favorite store and going, hmm, I think I may buy him. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> do it, yes. But, yeah, that's been my hobby stuff. Um, nothing fair, to do with Torgaradon apart from looking on the internet. So, <laughs> but uh, hopefully I'll have something to say more on the next time we record. But, hey, mm. that's uh, that's been our hobby section. So we will definitely take our first break now. And then when we return, we will get stuck into all the lovely, gorgeous Warhammer news. Back soon. Mm. Right. It's that time. It's news time. And it's not mm-hmm. any, any news time, but it's Warhammer news time. Just to clarify. Oh, yeah, it is. Just in case you thought we'd be talking about <laughs> world events. Mm. We're only talking about the events no, that no. affect the, war, the world of Warhammer, but not Warhammer world. Mm. Again, yes, just for yes. clarity. <laughs> mm. uh, the War Master has put out a statement saying he is retiring temporarily from his social media accounts to better focus upon the destruction of the Imperium. Yes. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> he needs to, you know, he needs to get get on with it. You know, it's it's been a long mm. time coming. Oh yeah. You know what? What's he getting paid for? <laughs> he was he was elected on promises of destroying the Imperium <laughs> in one fell swoop, and it took him thirteen tries by yeah. the gods. <laughs> <laughs> But everyone was too scared to, to oppose him and, and challenge his position. And the, but the anonymous polls are showing a 5% drop in uncertainty for Abaddon's eventual... Well, it's the, it's, the amount of ta- it's the amount of taxes, the amount of taxes he's now charging. If you think about it, think how, think how many, I think how, how much resource and money oh, yeah, it takes yeah. to do 13 Listen. crusades. Listen, lot. for every for every ten sacrifices you make, you're going to have to tithe three of those to the Black Legion. Exactly. How are you going to get by? Exactly. It's not cheap. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know... And that's, we're, instituting, <laughs> we're instituting a soul tax on mass genociders. <laughs> <laughs> you have to give at least 50% of the souls you get from destroying a world with five billion or more people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Nice. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. i got to... Start a side project where I just write a really dry political newspaper in that vein. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Well, just to say, we, we are going to get stuck into the forty k news. Um, yeah, we that got wasn't it. It. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the the forty k open day, which didn't have it was. anything to do with taxes. So, but we did get a lot. I of mean, lovely stuff. The, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of imperial stuff, and I figure. Everything the Imperium builds is built off a solid tax system. Yeah, so, I suppose know. so. Yeah. Um, I well, was going to say... The ta- is their preferred term. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. it comes from... I'm, I'm, I'm calling it the, the love tax. It's a tax of <laughs> lovely models that they're... Mm. You know, mm. Well, definitely our wallets are going to feel these things because... Um, oh, yeah. Look. Yeah. Games Workshop's pulling out all the stops to avoid economic uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're... they're that we're we're not They're going to do just fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't we don't we're not going to bother with savings anymore. We're gonna well, we are. We're just going to save in, in grey plastic now. Yeah, it'll yeah. be worth more. Exactly. When, it, when it's the only thing that hasn't rusted away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, what did the open oh, day man. bring? It brought lots of lovely shiny gubbins. And oh, let's boy, start with the, let's start with the sisters. So. Uh, Sisters of Battle mm. uh, are definitely in full swing. Obviously, we've already discussed obviously yeah. how well the army box set did and such like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, GW said, "Right, well, you thought you know all the other things that we've 
you know teased is on the way but no there's more there's the <laughs> the triumph of saint catherine which yes by god oh my god is a, a model and a half <laughs> mm. yeah so um the the timing on this was a little weird because the army box came out and then i think it was the next weekend was the open day mm-hmm. if i remember correctly about um, that, yeah so yeah so we had time for people to look through the new sisters codex and go hey, what's this unit that there are suspiciously no photographs of? <laughs> <laughs> and now we know why there were no photographs of it, because they're like, we've done the maths, the, this thing's going to come out first, so get rid of all the photos because we need a reveal. And by God, they have a... Mm, mm. I love this. Yeah. Um. So um, for, for the uninitiated, this is, this is a 40K model in the vein of Catacross from Age of Sigma, in that it's basically a diorama, <laughs> yeah. um, and it is, it is a group of senior sisters uh, escorting the corpse of St. Catherine. Uh, it's her triumph, her victory march, as they parade her armoured corpse around while all holding various relics and having robot baby servitors. Uh, cherubs, that's the word I was thinking of, flying around. <laughs> it looks It looks so good. It's such a weird unit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks very intimidating, you know, in the, from a model oh, sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks mm. fantastic, but at the same time, you know, it's one that I think if you were eyeing it up, you'd, you know, you'd have to have your skills about you because I think this one oh, yeah. requires a, yeah. bit of, uh, a bit of love. <laughs> I mean, again, a bit like Catacross, I mean, in, like, in the sense yeah. where you're going to do it in sub-assemblies because, well, mm. why would you not? And yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's essentially six. It, it's essentially six character models is yep. what it is on a big base with like a, a central coffin thing to paint as well. Mm-hmm. Oh god, it's so good. They all look. They're like they're all carrying a different relic from one of the different orders, and like the rules are fun because as the unit loses wounds, you get to choose which relic bearers die. Yeah, and so which relics you lose the benefits of, but they can be healed. So you can get those relics back as like the uh, the sister hospitaler follows it around and scoops up all the veteran sisters and says, no, on your feet, you, you need to carry the sword of St. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm dying. <laughs> no, you've got to carry it. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, yeah. So that, there was actually, I think right before this reveal, there was like a comic going around, like a little hand, uh, a little hand drawn comic about like, you know, the sisters and the Bretonians saying they'd wait for each other to get a new book. And then the sister <laughs> standing at the grave of the Bretonian with like 2020 marked on it is like, this is just a grail knight, this model. It's just a grail knight. Like, did you, you know, you know that Bretonian model, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah. yeah, it's the, it's the bunch of the peasants, a bunch of peasants carrying around the yeah. bones of a knight and his mm. horse. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's so good. It's, so gothic. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> it, but, uh. it, but obviously, I'm wondering if this is going to be a trend now. Are we going to see these diorama-like models more now? Because they have been out in the past, and but mm. not. I mean, not mm. to this sort of level. But obviously, like I said, we're seeing Catacross now, and now we're seeing the Triumph of St. Catherine. I, mm. I just, yeah, I just have a feeling that this is something we're going to see more of. Which yeah, you know, I can't, is fantastic. I can't really hope we do. Yeah, because I feel like this would this could have been a thing in earlier editions of 40k. But what it would have been is it would have been a unit with every sister on a separate base and yes. like a slightly bigger base for the hover coffin. Um, <laughs> hover coffin, hover coffin, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and while that's also really cool, uh, it 
as a single based model, this looks so much more cohesive and dynamic than just a squad would. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I really hope this is what they do for like, we want a squad of unique characters. Like if, if they ever do like the suicide squad for death watch, for example, here's, here's a, here's a squad of six famous death watch veterans who always work together. They've all got their names and things. Make it one big model. Why mm. not? Mm. Just let it go nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just shows that obviously they, they're learning with the, the way they're putting their kits together as well. Because obviously mm. doing something like this, not just actually sculpting it, but actually having it so it flows nicely to build. Because cause what, what I mm. love about this model, like you said, is that it looks very cohesive. It doesn't look, even, yeah. even though it could, it doesn't look messy. You know, this could be all mm. over the place. Mm. With, like I said, with the oh, fight, yeah. with the, uh, the you know the six characters, and then I said Catherine in the middle, and then the cherubs. It, you know, it could be literally all over the place. But it's it's nice and symmetrical, you know, to a degree. Mm. You know, what I mean, it's like mm. it's balanced nicely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they've 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 done a lot of good design on this model, and mm. it looks gorgeous. I would never have it. I don't like. It's one of those. I think it'd be too intimidating oh, for yeah. me. But I just yeah. can't wait to see what people do with this or you know when they people yeah. start painting it up in you know, oh, yeah. some of the other uh orders mm. as well so yeah yeah very speaking exciting. of good design mm. speaking of good design those repentia mm. mm, beautiful mm. they are they look they are terrifying um if you look at if you look at the group of the five um the second from the left has like a texas chainsaw massacre hood yeah and it's with with just a purity seal and rosary beads slapped on it, that you're trying to disguise the fact that they put a <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre mask on this nun. It is so good. They look incredible. They really do. I think they're actually. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb. This is actually some of the best sister related models I've seen so far. Actually, these repentures. Mm. I think they're just so so good. They're so dynamic. I love yeah. the fact they got bionic limbs in some cases. Mm, you know, yeah. they, they, I, I think I love the fact that this is bringing back those, you know, the the, the John Blanche grim dark days for me mm. in some ways. Mm. You know, it's just but but modernized. You know, I twenty twenty. Yeah, know, sort of. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I think these are great. These would these will go well in I know Necromunda as well. I would say you know the, you'd, you'd find <laughs> oh, a place yeah. for them. Uh, without... Toss these into the uh, into the corpse grinder cults. Just yeah. give them a head swap. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> see any issue with that. They just they're just so good, and I think that's mm. what's been so great about the sisters' release in general. Putting aside whether you're into them or not, I think I would find it quite shocking if people didn't like these as a whole. Even if you said, "Look, I'm not yeah. going to collect them. They're not my thing," but you can appreciate how good these mm. are. You know, they yeah they. They, I think what's been fantastic, and I think I said this before, with with the sisters' release in general, is that the fact that they've you know they've taken the classic look of them, modernised them slightly, so they've not they've made they haven't made them identical to the old ones, but then they've mm. not made them mm. too far different, so you can appreciate they're still the same army, but they've just made them to such a high quality design standard, and then it, yeah, it, you know, yeah. I haven't seen any any of these models. I never, I can't see any that I think, oh, they've really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. It's yeah. like they've all went, yeah, like, that's good, that's good. That, oh, mm, look at that one, mm. that one's brilliant as well. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I've seen a few people lamenting, like, that the Repenter are, quote-unquote, less sexy, and I'm like, mm. that they shouldn't be. It's a it's a middle-aged-to-old middle lady who's screaming for bloody murder and vengeance with a chainsaw the size of her entire body <laughs> running at you, 
as she, you know, continually bleeds from the various, like, thorns and scourges and various things, she's pierced through her own skin because she did a terrible bad thing and wasn't entirely faithful to the Emperor. Like, these are... Repentia should be scary and, like, really creepy in the worst religious possible connotation of it. Like, this is like this is a thing someone did because they believed in God. And that's awful. Yeah. And like they 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 are evoking like fanatics and stuff like that. Like from even from the from the Free Guild range, the the Free Guild range, the Empire range, the fanatics from um Warhammer Fantasy and mm-hmm. Page of Sigma. Like it's that style of like grim, dark and like the old models were good, but they leaned a little more heavily on like that late 80s slash mid 90s like models should be like attractive as well (laughs) like we 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 got we had the sexy demonettes and we had the sexy sister repentia i'm like "Ah, i don't like that so much these 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 are that is nice but this this i like yeah um (laughs) and i mean it's it's, because you also got to remember that in the the lore of the sister Baal, they like i remember i I can't remember which novel it was um where basically Hmm. the sister would rather like uh you know rather like cut herself or cut a face than than mm. somewhat someone else finding her attractive you know that they're, they're so yeah. detached yeah. from that side of things like that they don't want to be seen you know as that that sort of you mm. know like an object mm. in that sort of sense so no i no i think this is very very fitting this is this is how they should look you know according yeah. to the law so they're, Bunch they're just of fun. crazy they're just... nuns with chainsaws. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, I, I, I think like I said they've really stepped up their game with this, and I really mm. look forward to seeing mm. these. And I'm really forward to actually getting my hands on the codex as well. I'm really that's what. Oh yeah, they've not, they've not really said. Juicy. They've not said really at this point. Yeah, we haven't had actually a, a confirmed date yet for the the the, you know, the, no. the general release of the codex. I should say. Yeah. All we know is it is early 2020. I'm mm-hmm. going to guess end of January. Yes, I think that's yeah. safe. Because I, I I really want to cover it on this show. I really want to talk oh, about yeah. the, the lore of the oh, sisters. Oh, you, you know we are diving in there. <laughs> I've, already seen, I've already seen some stuff. I've seen some stuff. Um, Kirioth posted something on Twitter. is like, hey, for anyone who said the sisters weren't grimdark, there's an order of sisters... Who who flay their right hand and then put the gauntlet on yeah. so that they can feel the agony of death as they pull the trigger on their gun? Yeah. And I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to hear more of these things, look forward to an episode next year from yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be great. These. I'm yeah. going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, looking forward to it. So. Right, okay, let's take to the skies. <laughs> so more reveals and um, something, you know, continuing this thread of very quirky Admech vehicles because we saw it with yeah. uh, the other one yeah. previously. Uh, so now we've been we're seeing the, so the Arch- Archaeopter? Archaeopter? Yeah, Archaeopter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Cameron, what do you think of this? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think the spice must flow, and that there is a worm sign. Um, so yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is this is this is June as all get out. It is the most beautiful flyer in the game. Mm. I won't hear a word against it. Eldar, yeah. get the hell out of here! <laughs> get out of here! Only this now. I want I want to see a flyer spam with eight of these. I don't know if they're any good. 
but I just want to see the list that's nothing but these. And <laughs> I know you can do it because there's three variants, which means even in a tournament, you could bring like nine of these goddamn yep, things if you really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> just, just hear the da 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 as the yeah. Skitari begin falling out of the transport <laughs> versions. <laughs> mm, it's it, so, it's so good. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Oh. I, lo- I love this model. I really do. I think it, it- has legs. It yeah. has legs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why does it have legs? <laughs> I just, I, the thing is, I, I love what they've done with Admech. I love the fact that they've always mm. kept this, you know, this sort of retro odd look that they do with their machines oh, and their yeah. soldiers. I mean, the fact you see mm. it with, like, the Castellan robots, they look like 1950s mm. robots. Mm. Uh, you know, we see it with the, the you know, the dune crawlers and and yeah. everything you see is is that quirky, futuristic, but still a bit, retro like 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 there's what like yeah, one, one yeah. eye's looking forward one eye's looking back mm, you know mm. sort of situation like, i've seen people saying that like there's no unifying theme to the admec vehicles and i think you just hit on it mm. there is a unifying theme and that theme is 1950s sci-fi yeah <laughs> like yeah it's not it's not from a single sci-fi franchise but no. every vehicle slash robot design for admec is literally pulled from earlier sci-fi like not not earlier sci-fi happened like in the 1800s but <laughs> you know you know what i mean like yeah, the, I the before modern era sci-fi and yeah. honestly the fact that all of them look so different and weird is what unifies them in universe only yeah. the mechanicum the most technologically advanced faction in the imperium of man would create a plane that flies by flapping its wings. <laughs> because it is the way. Um, and also, I heard a million orc players crying out in joy when this was released. Yeah. Like, that's, they're like, that's getting looted. There's going to be some. Oh, yeah. There's, there's going to be a bunch of chinorks going around. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I, I hope they don't stop with this sort of theme. I love it. I think these are so yeah. quirky. And, and you know, because. You know, I know it's all always subjective, but how many, you know, how many times have we been speaking about some of like the Space Marine vehicles and how, like, mm. you know, you look at the, like, for example, the the latest, um, oh, Repulsor, the Executioner, for example, which you, mm. know, which, you know, looked a bit imbalanced. You know, it was just lots of weapons, lots yeah. of guns, which is not usually a bad thing, but it looked a bit off in some cases. And mm. then when we saw mm. the, uh, what was the new one, the the new Rhino. It- Impulsor? Impulsor, that's it. So, yeah. you know, when we saw stuff like that, you know, like, oh, okay, you know, and but then when you get to see stuff like this, these really quirky, out oh, there, yeah. totally different type of vehicles and flyers, I love it. You know, this is the way you think, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this is 40k to me in a nutshell so oh. i want to see more of this <laughs> what i want what i want to see when this kit comes out i hope those landing gear legs are posable because i want to see one like perched on top of a power line or something instead of having the flying base like this is hey this is a flyer that you can justify not having the awful clear plastic flying base thing because it could land on like a rock yeah <laughs> yeah it's perched on it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh great oh man it's so good it really Um, is and speaking of things that fly (laughs) um oh wait no hold on oh yeah no that that is under the 40k so there we go Uh, so aeronautica imperialis is getting um the variation on the heavy bomber for the orc war team um we're getting some autonomous weapons which is grot bombs one of my favorite bits from the fluff (laughs) um and so essentially it's a bomb that is piloted by a grot for extra accuracy 
Um, and the model for it is the cutest little thing I've ever seen. It makes say, me think it of is Snoopy. The cutest thing ever. <laughs> it's it's like it's like the uh, the Snoopy and the Red Baron stuff. <laughs> It's <laughs> so great. I love it. These mm. tiny little bombs with with mm. a little grot in it with his little his oh, black, yeah. oh his little like, helmet on. I've, I've seen Aeronautica Imperialis stuff. That that grot bomb is smaller than my pinky nail. Yeah, I was gonna say I know. it's gonna be tiny. It's minuscule. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so good. And I and again yeah. I'm glad that they're they're doing more stuff for Aeronautica as well. You know, it's good that they're mm-hmm. expanding with these sort of things and I mean, Absolutely. again, when I see stuff like this, it it, it it brings back that craving I have for Epic to come back, <laughs> you know, where, the, where oh, you're like, man. oh, look at the little Land Raider and, you know, mm, <laughs> the cute little mm. models you see. It's like, yeah, I want that back <laughs> so much. So, oh, it really oh. scratches that itch. It looks amazing. Mm. It really does. Yeah. Um, yep. And not unexpected, they've announced, obviously, the next psychic awakening books as well obviously we you know blood mm-hmm. of, uh blood of bal is now i believe out, out. yep it's yep. out now it is getting your dates exists right exists in the wild yes <laughs> so they've now announced the the next three which up um mm-hmm. uh which here is we coming. go ritual of the dam mm-hmm. is the next one uh which is thousand suns dark angels and gray knights which yeah. is interesting mm-hmm. yep. um i'm i'm putting my money on primaris azrael simply because he's the oldest character out of all those to get an update yeah but what my heart what my heart wants is a psychic dreadnought in 40k for the thousand suns because yeah. the blood angels get one but the thousand suns don't come on <laughs> um uh then the one after that is the greater good yeah um, oh by the way these are coming in january february and march respectively so yep. this is this 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 train don't stop. Nope. Um, <laughs> uh, which is uh, so in February we'll get the greater good, which is obviously Tau, mm-hmm. and my my guess is facing either Imperial Guard and Admech or Necrons. Yeah, I think or could be the, all could be all three. Yeah, yeah, they're the solid choices. And then uh, yeah, and then the last one or the last one of these three anyway mm. is Saga of the Beast, which uh, I mean it's a good call mm. to say Orcs versus Space Wolves. Obviously, Saga yeah. for Space Wolves and obviously which Beast is, for um, Orcs. Yeah, which is a talking... Talk, there's been some rumours floating around for a few months at this point about a Space Wolves versus Orcs box. There has, yeah. Uh, this could be that. Uh, I'm hoping for a bigger and better Gazcall, um, or just some more Orc character models in general. Um, there's been some chat about this. The Orc mech with custom force field, which was an index choice and then didn't make it to warhammer legends but wasn't previously included in chapter approved has now suddenly been imp- included in a chapter approved this year which is making people suspect that it might be a new orc plastic model coming with that all that mm-hmm. kind of th- there's all kinds of stuff going around we'll see in march which is not actually that far away which is <laughs> terrifying um <laughs> uh but i'm really excited for all these like i haven't actually gotten any of the psychic awakening stuff yet mm-hmm. but i've been really enjoying like listening to breakdowns of it like watching videos on all of it i've been enjoying all the cool stuff it seems to be bringing to the table uh for everyone because like you know like even if it's not the best stuff like all the chaos legion stuff was really awesome if it's not the best stuff cheering stuff is cool blood angels are getting folded into being a doctrinable like codex compliant uh compliant chapter because that's yeah. what they uh, yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. Um, and like 
honestly, the, these are all these are all groups that I feel could really use some love, especially Grey Knights. Yeah, um. well, we said it before, <laughs> haven't we? The, these that's what needs to happen, and and I suppose this is the ideal way to update a lot of these factions, even if it's giving them a model or a new unit or mm. a, a new something, because obviously we're post codex now. Everyone's got their codex, yeah. so. You know they they it's, they've got to do it in a you know in a in a careful way. You know they can't sort of go and here's mm. another codex straight away because you know yeah I know they did that with the Chaos Space Marines, but you, you know you got to be mm. a bit careful <laughs> when they do that. Yeah. So, so you know I can see this is the ideal way of doing it, and hopefully you know we each of these unit or sorry each of these factions get something at least like you said a, a new gas skull mm. would be amazing. Um, I imagine. Uh, when it comes to space walls, for example, they again they could do with making one of their characters a primary. Yeah. I would like Ragnar Blackmail personally. Ragnar, to, yeah, to get that's get the one I was thinking. But <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we will see, we'll see. <laughs> as always. <laughs> right, so uh, out in the wilderness is uh, obviously chapter approved twenty nineteen. That's doing mm-hmm. the doing the rounds, and like we said, Blood of Baal, uh, Mephiston is now mm-hmm. out. Actually, it's funny. I did actually see. Uh, talking to Mephiston, I saw a comparison mm. of him against his old model, and wow! Oh. I mean, yeah. obviously, his old model still looks co- cool in its own way, but the mm. size difference is crazy. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, looks like a Primaris. <laughs> Primaris Mephiston is legitimately like the size of a Mark IV, like the Castafarum box dreadnought. It's yeah. ridiculous. He's so he's so, <laughs> so big. big. <laughs> he's grown up so much. They gave him all the boost juice. Yeah, um. he's been eating his greens, that lad. Oh, um. he's a good boy. <laughs> you sure he's not swelling with warp power? Uh. <laughs> or maybe it's just if I'm, you know, having your uh, five of de- five a day of blood. You know, is obviously yeah, yeah, you know, true. Does does yeah. does good, good things for you. For you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously on top of that, the battle forces are obviously up now to to buy as well. Yeah, uh, which have yeah. Mi- have mixed prices as well. Um, mm. Obviously, last year they were well over here they were hundred pounds each, whereas now they sort of seem to vary. You know, some are hundred, some are hundred and ten, hundred and twenty. I think it depends which uh, one. So I think that will become yeah. a theme going forward. I can yeah. see, but is what it is. Right, forty yeah. uh, k legends. Is now out, mm-hmm. isn't it, Cameron? And yep. they they it sort of, they said about this a while ago. Obviously, that that you know, in a nutshell, this is basically all the units from all the factions that basically they are sort of being taken on many <laughs> many levels. Being they're basically being taken out of the tournament scene only from a GW perspective. I mean, but, you know, so yeah, in theory, I mean, it's, they it's can not, still. It's not even that. It is just they are not advised for tournaments. Yeah, it's like. These are probably not the best thing, and I don't think it's because they're overpowered. I think it's just because they're not gonna be like good comparatively in like six months' time. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I, I still think it is. They are taking them out of the tournament scene. I know what you mean because it is an advisory, mm. but well, I suppose it's basically GW are taking them out of their tournament scene. Yeah, and then yeah. I said if non GW it's advised, but obviously ultimately it's up to oh, yeah. the people running yeah. the tournament. Um yeah. and and I suppose they've t- they they're taking out units 
that realistically they're not going to either do models for anymore or they're, they're mm. still around but they mm. don't, they're out of manufacturing you know and, yeah. and like they've and also i suppose i can understand why they've done this because again it's it's less for them to worry about from uh, a balancing point of view because obviously what they've always said with the legends mm. is here's the data sheets here's the points that's it they never get in touch again yeah. that is net they're never being updated yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's fair. I know, again, for some people, it will be frustrating because we'll see some certain units mm. will, you know, will be at risk with this. But, you know, it's only it's only a small collection in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, it's to be expected. Yeah. Um, there, there are some interesting things with the Warhammer Legends. Um, so, for example, it's not just like it. So the indexes are still valid, technically. So, like, if it's index stuff, then that's also something I want to say about this. I've seen people blowing this sort of out of proportion and saying, oh, is so-and-so model illegal now? I'm like, no, no, it's you can use it. For example, uh, match play, as written, has no tournament restrictions. Things like the rule of three and, like, detachment limits and stuff like that. Those are tournament-specific advised rules, but everyone seems to assume they are rules, like, passed down from God on stone tablets for just general matched play. <laughs> yeah. And that's not the case. Nope. That's not the case. You can you can absolutely take four knights gallant in regular match play if that's what you want to do. I'm not sure why you would. But um <laughs> uh and the same thing here. Warhammer Legends, perfectly legal for match play, perfectly yeah. legal for narrative, perfectly legal for open. They're not being put out to pass and shot in the back of the head or anything. They're just being taken out of like Olympic level competition. <laughs> yeah. As far as forty yeah. K comparison goes. Um, but some of the interesting stuff was some war gear options have become Warhammer Legends. So the only one I've actually checked is the Death Guard one, because the only one I really care about right now. <laughs> uh, surprisingly, there's not a Chaos Knights Warhammer Legends, so I can't bring out, like, some old epic scale knights and say, oh, he costs 150 points, he's an, he's a Warhammer Legend. No, um, <laughs> so things like, uh, jump packs have become Warhammer Legends, so they're no longer in the index, technically speaking, I think is what this means. So I could I could still take an index Chaos Lord or Sorcerer with my Death Guard, but the jump pack option wouldn't be able to be taken if the tournament didn't allow Warhammer Legends. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh but of more interest to me in the uh in the Warhammer Legends for Death Guard things is only one data sheet is a Death Guard Warhammer Legends, and it's the Chaos Lord on the Palanquin of Nurgle. Oh, okay. And this, yeah, yeah, so the Chaos Lord riding around a bunch of Nurglings carrying his chair, that's fine. What makes me really interested about Psychic Awakening for Death Guard, actually, because this is where I think this might be going, is that there's another model exactly like this that should be in Warhammer Legends, and it's the Chaos Sorcerer on Palanquin of Nurgle, <laughs> But that's still in the index and hasn't been moved to Legends. Oh, okay. Which makes me wonder if a model is coming for that. Ooh, okay. Because, yeah. because like, if there was... I don't think there was ever actually a model for a Chaos Sorcerer on Palanquin of Nurgle. Hmm. Um, or Palanquin of Nurgle, however you meant to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but it was in the index. I've got one. I built one myself. Um <laughs> Like, it's great. I love it. I love using it. Um, but, like, the fact that it's not being put out to partial with its exact twin brother without the psychic powers, basically, <laughs> makes me think that maybe it's 
going to become a real option, like yeah. a real published thing, yeah, which I really hope it does. Uh, so that wild speculation, but hey, if in like three to four months there's a new Death Guard model, which is a sorcerer being carried around by a bunch of Nurglings, I told you so. <laughs> mm. Heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but but mostly it's things like, you know, chaplains on bikes and librarians on bikes and scout captains on bikes and uh, on bikes. It's a lot of it's a lot of old stuff that people that, that that GW never specifically sold in a lot of cases. Like a lot of it is we produce this model, we no longer sell it. But a lot of it is just we had rules for this thing that we never had a model for. Because um, if you're if you've only ever played Eighth Edition Forty K and Age of Sigma, uh, Games Workshop used to give you rules for things that didn't exist and yep. just said make it make it yourself and it was actually pretty <laughs> cool i kind of wish they still did that actually um but i kind of understand why they don't um but it, it's fine yeah. honestly like yeah the rules are all still there it hasn't ruined white scars because they don't rely on bikes so heavily anymore <laughs> but, you know yeah yeah i mean we knew it was coming they announced it a while back mm. it's and the pit and the units they put in there aren't particularly shocking yeah so yeah i mean but like i said it doesn't it's it's not ruling them out it's just putting them in a different spot at the moment so yeah yeah and i can see why they're getting away from this mentality of Mm. you know having rules for units that they don't sell because i suppose yeah you know they want to align it so you know when you see stuff in a codex or tome you know you're like oh yes Mm. there it is it's on the on the website (laughs) or it's on on the shelf for example so yeah yeah that's sensible uh, right, so the last thing for 40k, um, it was announced, I think, yesterday, actually, yesterday, yeah. today's for yeah. context, today's the, the 7th of <laughs> December, and so, yeah, yesterday yeah. on Forge World, they announced a return, because it is a return, isn't it, because it was, it was mm, out before. It is a return. The, the, of yeah. the, uh, the Gorgon transport, the big boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, um, so for context, I had seen this once in an imager gallery, like years and years ago when I was a teenager, and I had no idea what it was. It was the coolest thing ever. And then I saw the email about this and went, oh, th- that's a, that's a very expensive transport, Fordrill. Like, why is it so? And I checked and it's like, oh, it has a transport capacity of 50 guardsmen. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big boy. Um, I believe the original actually came with like actually 50 little Krieg troopers like sitting mm. in the seats and stuff. Um, I don't know if this uh, this version has that now. I don't believe so, no. no. Because um, the only thing I've heard about that is people would buy the kit and then cut up and repose all the Kriegers so they'd get <laughs> 50 Kriegers for significantly cheaper than actually buying the squads from Forge World. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's the reason or just because that part of the mold got a little too complex and mm-hmm. broken. True. But um, hey, it, it's a it's a really sweet looking tank. Yeah, I cannot deny how cool that is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's not it's a, it's a beast, and yeah, so it's yeah it's got a nice bit mm. of arm in it, you know, a bit of uh, weaponry on there. So twin twin heavy stubbers, two gorgon mortars. Yeah. You can you know obviously replace those <laughs> well, um, and also I've noticed as well as they've put up for pre order as well the uh, the Krieg infantry platoon as well mm. to mm. go along, you know, which obviously. <laughs> You know, if you've got a spare 250 quid, you can get that as well yeah, <laughs> to yeah. go alongside it. But uh, no, it is, it is lovely. And I must admit, that seems to be what Forge World are doing at the moment by throwing these mm. stuff out of nowhere, which we'll talk about a bit later in the new segment when we get to the other stuff, because there's another thing that just came out of the woodwork or out of nowhere. So, right, let's yeah. um, 
let's switch it over to AOS. So a bit less on this, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. obviously it's been dominated by or something we mentioned earlier, which obviously is the new Slaves to Darkness stuff coming out, which mm-hmm. uh, looks amazing. <laughs> Just going to say it. Yeah. It's all great. <laughs> um, hey, uh, so if you didn't know, you can get a preview of the rules by going to the current product pa- pages for Slaves to Darkness stuff and just clicking download the rules. Those have all been updated yep. as of 10 a.m. in your time zone. Yep. Demon princes are so good. Oh, my God. Um, so they, they each, so with the demon prince, you have to give it a mark of one of the four gods and which God's mark you give it gives it a different command ability. Um, in particular, the corn and Nurgle ones are crazy good. Uh, so the corn one is basically you spend the command point and the demon prince projects an aura that halves enemy charge rolls. For, it's like a 12 inch aura of half enemy charge rolls until the start of your next hero phase, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Uh, and then the Nurgle one is pick a friendly Nurgle slaves to darkness within 12 inches. Whenever an attack targets that unit and rolls a six to hit the unit, t- the unit that just made the attack takes D three mortal wounds. Um, so if you wade in with, if you put that on a unit of Blight Kings, for example, man, mm-hmm. I know this might pique your interest. <laughs> uh, and then you say you walk those Blight Kings into, uh, let's, let's say, uh, 40, 40, uh, Crypt Ghouls and just let those ghouls go nuts. Sure, they might kill your Blight Kings, but the ghouls will also be gone. Yeah. It's, well, I, I, th- cause I haven't actually looked at the updated, uh, War Scroll, actually. Mm. I'm actually looking at it now because, because I always felt, the, when I've looked at it in, in the past, it was a bit. Oh, it was all right, but eh? not. And, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a bit. Yeah. Like, no matter what god you aligned the demon prince to, it was never anything special, mm. or it never felt like it yeah. anyway. Um, whereas, and now, yeah. <laughs> so and yet, <laughs> it's yeah, it's looking good. I mean, I, I like what we've mm. seen. Obviously, they previewed obviously a lot of the rules already, and I love what they're doing. With uh, some of the mm. plans, some of these uh, the, the sub factions look amazing. I love the fact that they've yeah. you know sort of themed those. Um, isn't there, there's one? Isn't there where you can obviously roll a dice to see who's going to get the next battle round? Yeah, isn't there, from a, so um, that is for the ever chosen. If Archeon is your general and on the battlefield as a command ability once per turn, so this is really good. You roll a dice hidden from your opponent one to three. They get the next, they get the first turn next battle round. Four to six, you get the first turn next battle round, no matter what. Um, now this is obviously ripe for abuse, but there's, there's ways to get around it in like tournament scenes and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But, but the idea of just, just knowing whether or not you have the double turn is such a big thing on, in whether you know you push forwards or you hold back or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly good. Um, someone did bring up the question of what if there's two Archeons and one uses it, then the other one uses it. And the answer <laughs> is quite simple. <clears throat> the first one uses it and that's the result. And if the second one uses it, that player then gets to look at what the result was. So they both know. Yeah. That's all, th- that's all there is to it. Um, it's probably going to be the official answer, but like, yeah, no, that's, it's really cool. Like they got some really, really strong stuff coming. It looks mm. like it's going to be really good. Yeah. And, and I, I just think it's exciting for anyone that collects chaos in AOS because the fact that they can oh, be, yeah. they can be put into any of the chaos armies is amazing. You know, mm. the, the god armies is 
is amazing. And I love yeah. the fact that they've now given them given them sub factions with some purpose and and some character as well. Because mm. we've got like the Ravagers yeah. and the Cabalists and and things like that. I just think that's amazing. And I, actually, talking of like Cabals, I love the fact that now, obviously, as part of this, that obviously they're they're expanding the box sets for the the Warcry <laughs> units mm-hmm. we've already seen. Yep, so yep. obviously, they've basically doubled <laughs> them up. So you can now buy you know your iron golems and such like you can buy them where mm. they basically get two you know double the amount of sprues to uh to yep. have obviously double the amount of uh, people in your unit and i yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised they've done that actually i thought that was a bit of a mm. no-brainer really mm. yeah absolutely so. yeah there's um it's pretty good it's going to be a good release that endless spells by the way looks so good mm. like the in terms of just visuals I haven't looked at their rules yet um you you were actually speaking about using the um the fire breathing one on a chaos knight, weren't you? Yeah, I yeah <laughs> yeah that was just a bit of <laughs> bit of inspiration. I just was uh, looking at it and the I can't remember the names of them, but the the one that's mm. like I said the one that's like basically spitting fire. Yeah, I just thought if you you know if someone was willing to do it is <laughs> just throwing it out there <laughs> is yeah just take, mm. you know repl- get your mm. chaos knight in you know obviously in 40k and then just put that on the yeah. front of it and i think it would look amazing it looked like it's spitting it fire. would be pretty cool yeah yeah uh, <laughs> i'm really pleased for slave starness that they're, they're getting this really cool mm. stuff and it, like yeah. they've not just been you know just gone here's a new battle tome and then that's it. I love the fact that they've doubled up the Warcry stuff. They've got an amazing looking start collecting box, which I'm trying to resist buying mm-hmm. in every single oh, break of this too. recording. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and the fact they've now got endless spells. And um, it'd be interesting, actually, because I think they said this, was it this weekend, that we may mm. see a bit more of something. I think they hinted at earlier um, in the week. Um, they were a bit, okay. it was a bit cryptic on one of the, yeah. on one of the pages, um, on one of the announcements. Mm. I think they were mm. suggesting, I mean, it depends which way you looked at it. It could be that they're giving a bit more detail about the endless spells, or it could be that there's yeah. some more, more things we're going to see, but I don't know. We'll, mm. well, we'll find out probably hope, tomorrow. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, I mean, like, it, it, it is a little interesting that, so they've got updated Chaos Warriors and updated Chaos Knights in this new start collecting kit. The old Chaos Warriors and old Chaos Knights aren't going out of production right now, which no. is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, which is also nice because, honestly, the old Chaos Knights didn't really need an upgrade that badly. No, They're still great. really, really good. And the old Chaos Warriors, while direly in need of an update, are classic. So I'm glad to see they're still sticking around. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a cheap way to bulk out a couple of big squads of Chaos Warriors as well comparatively yeah. to mm-hmm. getting this start collecting box like four times, but you should get this start collecting box four times. Just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like th- there's going to be a ton of fun to be had with those. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I going talking about the start collecting box. I love the fact of how diverse it is. You've got male mm. and female uh, warriors in there. Yeah. You've, got, you've got lots of yeah. additional heads, helmeted heads, bare heads. Um mm. Love it. I love it. I love the, and yeah, but I think it's, it's, it is push fit. I believe. I think if you look on the actual, from what I've heard, yes, I think, no, so I think it says it on the site. Actually, if you let me have a quick look, okay. I think, yeah, I think if you go yeah, to the actual, quiz. Um, workshop, tell us, tell us yeah. your truths. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the start collecting box, uh, it says, uh, assemble your legions fast and without glue with push fit construction. Oh, so, yeah, well, there we go. Definitely it's push fit. Hmm. So yeah. Um, cool. 
Right. Am I going to buy one today? Probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the, the question I'm facing myself <laughs> to go with my Nurgle stuff. Yeah. And any other Chaos Army. Uh, yeah. It's good. Oh, I mean, so good. You could do that Chaos Lord would look great with like a some Blight King bits, like a mm. Blight King head to that axe. It's like yeah. get that big axe head on there or something like that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. do it, Matthew. Yeah. Do it. No, <laughs> I'll do it for I'm all of us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bad influence. Yeah, I'm a bad influence, but please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can make him like a make make him like a mini version of the uh, the Forge World guy on the Toad Dragon, actually. Oh yeah. Because like he, he's actually pretty similar in overall like pose and this the Karkadrak, I think it's called looks kind of similar. Mm. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I've had another good idea. <laughs> oh, we're inspiring ourselves, Ian. <laughs> it's mm, just, oh, mm. oh, so good. Yeah, I think I may have to buy that. Right, anyway, <laughs> avoiding temptation, as always. Uh, mm. So <laughs> the other bit of AOS <laughs> stuff is obviously they've uh, obviously put the uh, Azerite Shattered Plaza and Ruined Chapel uh, up mm. for sale as well. Um, so more scenery, which is always a, yeah. know, always a good thing. Yeah. Always so, nice. Exactly. So that's been it for AOS. So we'll now move on mm. to the other stuff, which is a, a lovely mixed bag of stuff, actually. So what mm. have we got? So for Titanicus, we've got the Knight Household Battle Force. So if you rather yep. have a large connection of knights as opposed to uh, just the, the Titans, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lovely box of them. Oh. God, I just sorry, I just flashed back to like months and months ago when I first talked about getting a Serastus Knight and Red Shadow on our Discord said, Oh hey, I know a place we can get a couple of them for really cheap and just linked me to the Adeptus Titanicus <laughs> Serastus Knight box. <laughs> you 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 red, I still haven't forgotten. Mm. <laughs> it's fine. No. Uh, um but the Titanicus stuff is really cool. Mm. The knights are super cute, but they are really Really faithful. I've run into a problem on some of the Warhammer reddits where I see, like, a titan of some description, and I have to spend, like, 30 seconds figuring out if it's a titan titan or just a tiny titan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, surely that's a good so thing. so good. <laughs> the fact that oh, you yeah, have to like, question it. <laughs> they, are, they are incredible models. Hmm. Like, if, if, the, if the initial barrier for the first box set hadn't been so huge, I might have gotten in already. I know there's people who play it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I, again like Blackstone Fortress. Uh, Titanicus is the one specialist game I'm desperate to play. But again, mm. it's it's that in that dodgy area of like getting the stuff and then no one around you plays it. And well, I mean, which is yeah. fine if you want to collect the models, but you know, when you want to play it as well, it's a bit yeah. of a shame. But yeah, uh, that's that's Necromunda for me. Yeah. I want to do Necromunda so bad, but yeah. I don't know anyone who plays it. That's the problem, isn't it? But. <laughs> No, it's all still good, lovely, gorgeous stuff. Um, and talking of that, <laughs> we've got uh, more books heading our way as well. So we've got the, the Kill Team and Blackstone Fortress annuals of 2019. So basically mm-hmm. this will be a collection of stuff like from White Dwarf or stuff that's been discontinued or things like that. So basically a summary of yeah. you know, additional stuff to basically enhance those two games, which, uh, I mean, again, if you've got, if you're into those especially, then... You know, again, a bit of a no-brainer. Um, I think in the yeah. kill team, hasn't it? Is that the one that's got the Sisters of Battle kill team rules in it? Yes. I think it does, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Mm. Which, I mean, 
Very yeah. appropriate. Come on, why don't you? Just, everyone should. Everyone should get it so they can play sisters. <laughs> and then uh, you got the uh, the Tome of Champions, which is basically the Warcry version of the same. So we're going to, this is mm-hmm. one where it's basically going to have the, well, the cards from the, the previous release of cards. So not the cards themselves, but obviously on the pages, there'll be the, the mm. cards obviously are now not for sale anymore. Um, and obviously we'll include, uh, some extra gameplay rules and such like. So again, expanding your Warcry experience, which again is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and also they've, they've, Oh, sorry, isn't Got Trek in there? Sorry, <laughs> um, I think he's. Uh, I think Got Trek is in. Uh, oh, no, it's White, White Dwarf. Dwarf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. By the way, Got Trek's coming. Got yeah. Trek's coming yeah, to Warcry for some ungodly reason. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the next book, right? Is he just kills Archeon and that's the end of Age of Sigma? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. Job done, manlings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's gone the way, and also they've leaked um, some of the the future cards haven't they so basically pretty much all the mm. other factions are non-chaos factions that haven't got a war cry band are going to mm. be getting them soon so we're going to see yeah. ogres disciples of zinch and and caradron Ossiarchs. and things like that ossiarchs yeah mm. they're all going to have which makes sense it was always you know it was always going to get opened up to the whole oh, yeah. aos faction universe that was just a given really so that they're on the mm. way at some point that's sort of a leaked thing as opposed to obviously officially announced but i'm sure we'll get that <laughs> very soon mm-hmm. um uh something else that's very exciting fire mountain gut busters all right for blood bowl mm. so this is a very cool yeah. ogre team now i think mm. the coolest thing really i mean obviously if you're into blood bowl then obviously it's very cool if mm. you're into blood bowl and you're into ogres but remember that there is a lot of conversion opportunities with these as well oh yeah if you're obviously yes. on the more tribe aos train <laughs> at the moment then yeah uh, these are going to be very handy if you want like i said you want to oh, start man. building some of the uh, yeah. hero units like slaughter masters oh, and butchers yeah. such like or if you just want to represent when your ogres are hungry as opposed to eating because these are much more dynamic than yeah. running around yeah that's really, very- really earning that extra two inches of movement. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true, and I, I, and especially the Forge World one as well, because they've announced mm. obviously two female ogre, yeah, uh, for the, the uh, in in Forge World, and like I said, yeah. they they are happily going to be for a lot of people. Like I said conversion opportunities because because again, obviously, mm-hmm. if, if you know if you're into more tribes or want to get into more tribes, uh, obviously people finding that obviously butchers and slaughter masters are very important units to these armies. Obviously, the slight snag with them is they're obviously older models in you know in fine cast, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they're quite expensive. Mm. So obviously, if you're not wanting to go that route, then this may be another opportunity or obviously you get them to play blood bowl with as well. Obviously that's what they're, <laughs> they're mm. meant to do, <laughs> but just throwing that idea out there as well. So yeah. don't dismiss yeah. them over that. Um, <laughs> right next there's, there's a war and it's in the land of Rohan over in, in middle yes. earth as well. Oh man. Um, my local store manager was tearing his hair out this morning <laughs> over this, uh, because he is the world's biggest fan of the Lord of the Rings miniatures game. Nice. Um, and every, so they're releasing Rohan. He loves Rohan. He collects Rohan. He's been doing a fit ever since the game first came out. They're releasing more Urukai. He loves Urukai. He's been collecting Urukai basically since the game came out. He loves Slaves to Darkness. They've been, <laughs> it's, just, it's like, he, like we were literally talking this one. He's like, 
I don't get the bonus from Games Workshop doing well till like next week's paycheck. Oh. And they, they clearly just they clearly just want that money back. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here you go. <laughs> and then, here's, then here's a bonus for how well the company's doing and then oh we'll just take that bonus right back. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of uh Lord of the Rings Middle Earth stuff coming out. Oh now yeah, and up for pre-order. It's actually too much to say. Actually, there's a lot of stuff coming out. So it e- is easiest thing to so do. much. Go to the GW site and see what's <laughs> up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right, uh, last couple of things, uh, which I hinted at earlier. Another new tank, but this is obviously in mm. Heresy. This is the Saber Strike <laughs> tank. And Cameron, I bloody yeah. love this tank. It's great. I really love it. <laughs> um, I do want to point out the only, the only non-official description I've heard of it is the best and most correct description of it which is this is the tank a space marine buys when he's going through his midlife crisis <laughs> um it, it is it is the world's tiniest tank and yes. i love it it's, it's a one-man attack it, it's essentially just a souped up attack bike it's a yeah. one-man attack tank mm. and you just stick a giant volkite gun in the front and just go racing forwards like, oh it's so cool i really love it i was it's sorely tempted it's it's <laughs> a lovely kit and it's um i was actually watching a um, an unboxing video of it last night on, um, I think it was oh. a, a leak, uh, Leaky Cheese on YouTube. Good old Leaky Cheese. Yeah. Yep. And yep. it's such a gorgeous little model. I mean, like I said, it's like you, you're saying, Cameron, it's deceptively small because you, you look, you look at the mm. front photos and you think it's the size of a Land Raider. It's like, no, it really isn't. No, God. <laughs> it's, it's barely like, the size of a it rhino. It's smaller than a rhino. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's awesome. And basically you can get it in two kits as such as, and you can get it just like the hull with like basic armaments or there's like the, mm. you know, the the better version which comes with like all the all the armaments so yeah yeah it's, yeah it's a shame that there's at the moment anyway there's no 40k rules for it is purely a heresy mm. 30k model uh, at the moment which i find a real shame because it would be cool to have in look, 40k but it'll it'll, it'll come it'll come it's got volkite it has to come to 40k we need more volkite <laughs> i love it so much oh man it is awesome but um yeah so one mm. last bit of news which uh is a bit different to obviously everything we've been talking about and obviously the that basically gw have announced their warhammer heroes uh mm-hmm. window again um yeah. so if you're yeah. not familiar with this this is basically uh an opportunity for any of us to nominate mm. other people in the hobby um they yeah. could be you know, anyone really, it could be, you know, someone at your local club, it could be a tournament organizer, it could be a podcast, um, you know, anything, <laughs> like, <laughs> anything like that. And but, uh. but, so jokes aside, basically it's, it's a way, like I said, of acknowledging people in the community that, that you feel do stuff for the community, you know, in, in whatever shape mm. that is. And mm. like I said, if you look at mm. previous winners, you know, a lot of time it's like said tournament organizers or people that have done stuff like with charity and, you know, that, that sort of thing really, but again, connected to uh, the community. And so yeah. basically you yeah. go on the, on the Warhammer community website, uh, fill in the form and basically vote for people. And then um, from what I understand, if you look at the way it's worded is that the, you know, obviously next year's winners or when it wants this, um, window is closed which i think is the end of december i think yeah Um, basically it's not done on like number of votes it's not like you know who's most Mm. popular it's down to the answers that people give you know and obviously if which i think is a nice way of doing it you know it's not just it's not a popularity contest i it's Mm. you know it's actually Mm. for people who you know whose reasons you know and obviously if they're consistent 
Um, and yeah, I just think, I think it's a great way yeah. to manage it. I mean, I'm, I mean, and one thing I will say is that a couple of guys on our discord have, have nominated us and I just want to say oh, a God. massive thank you for that. that I mean, that's not, no, that shucks. you know, it's one of those <laughs> sort of blushing moments that you feel mm. that we're, you mm. know, worthy to be nominated. I mean, I mean, just yeah. having a person nominate <laughs> us is just mm. unbelievable, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, it's just so massive. Thank you to you guys that have mentioned that mm. you've done that. And, and like I said, do, you, you know, anyone listening, um, I'm not going to say, yeah, vote for us because that's not the way things should be, but no, go <laughs> no, out and go out not. and nominate people and nothing to do with us. I mean, obviously mm. if you want to nominate us, then that is, um, yeah. you know, uh, absolutely amazing, but no, just uh, go out and just not anyone, you know, anyone that's at your, lo- your local club or your local scene or people on, you know, uh, you know, it could be a YouTuber, it could be a podcaster, it could be, you know, anyone really, anyone that the, that's out in the community that you think needs you know to be acknowledged for that then go and do mm. it you know mm. i think it's yeah. it's, a, it's lovely yeah. it's nice to spread that positivity you know in our yeah, community absolutely. it's great yeah so yeah it's good yeah so that window i said i think it closes on the, said around the 30th or 31st of december so mm. go do that mm. um cool okay well that's been this episode news. Oh, 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 oh we forgot the most important thing oh. i just realized Oh my god! How could we forget this? <laughs> so let me just let me put my heart back into my chest. Was <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just a sudden fear gripped me that we wouldn't talk about this <sighs> because I just realised we didn't actually talk about this with the recording on. Right? What was that? What was that? Which animated series is your favourite? Because oh, Warhammer <laughs> animations are happening, and we did we nearly didn't talk about we must it. Have missed that? Yeah. Sorry. I oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kick um, us off camera while I, like I said, while I uh, stop shaking. Yeah. From- <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, hey, if you were if you were following our Twitter, you might have noticed I freaked the fuck out when this was announced because uh, I'm not sure a hundred percent what it is, but this like little two minute teaser of various pitches they've made to their new media and animation studio makes me feel like a child in in a really good way. It's not like Games Workshop is looking down on me or anything. It's like you know you know when you're a kid and you heard you you just read a cool book and then you heard, oh there's a movie being made of it and that was the best news in your fucking life. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. You're bouncing off the walls and you bounce continue to bounce off the walls until eight months later when you got taken to the theater to see it. <laughs> at which point you bounced off the seat until the movie was done. And then you ran home. You you yelled about it because it was the best thing in your life to ever happen to you. Um, um, that's this is not hyperbole. This is actually how I feel about this. Uh, I don't know properly how to express beyond that random ramble there how excited and interested I am in everything teased in this. Like, uh, I, hold on, I've got like. A million photos saved in my photo album. Let me just find them. <laughs> You're very excited you can, about this. Aren't you? <laughs> you you can see the point where I took uh, quick counting where I took eighteen screenshots of a two minute video. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think what excites me the most is like the diversity of stuff on show here because mm. we obviously we have Angels of Death, which is Richard Boylan and Bowman Medine. Bowman Medine. Yep. Uh, Bowman Modine. There we go. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh, don't strike me down if I'm not. Um, <laughs> this looks incredible. I'm assuming all the voice work 
in the trailer was from that project as well, because that's the one that's nearly, well, not nearly done, but closest to actually being completed. Yeah. Um, everything looks incredible. It's got that Hell's Reach style, but you can see where Games Workshop have taken the, the pair of creators and just injected cash into where they previously <laughs> yeah. had no cash beyond a beyond a Patreon. I think they have a Patreon. I'm not sure. Um, like, like they're, they're, God, just stuff like a properly proportioned Terminator standing in a room killing Tyranids one by one with an arm missing <laughs> is beautiful. <laughs> this little servo skull floating around the ship looking for things to look at, beautiful. The captain of the Blood of Baal strike cruiser being imperious and authoritative and in charge. I love her. I want her to fire torpedoes on my position. Um, <laughs> I think it's the best way. I, I want to be killed by lance fire by this strike cruiser. This is how much I'm into this. Um, just everything everything about it looks incredible. It sounds incredible, which is really important. And then there's a bunch of stuff that I'm not sure what it is, and I'm really excited by that. Like, there is... The the eyes opening in that, like, weirdly robotic human face, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know what that is, but just something about that little, like, few-second clip grabbed me, and I've been thinking about those eyes for a while now, <laughs> and I'm really interested. It might be, Apparently, it might be a short story to do with a replicant of some kind. Like, s- someone... I think I heard someone mention, like, a Blade Runner-style story where some Sisters of Battle come into, like, an abominable intelligence come against an abominable intelligence in the shape of a person. Yep. Um, which would explain the other shot of two awesome looking sisters of battle, the most badass looking animated characters ever. Um, there's what I think we've collectively decided is probably a Kalidas assassin trying to escape. Um, she looks cool. I thought she was a dark elder at first cause she moves really creepy and smooth. Um, and just like the styling that it's something about it is like Avatar The Last Airbender or The Legend of Korra style, and I think I really like that. I like the serious side of those ones, not yeah. the more more um fun side of that. Um, people are speculating this might be related to um Aaron Dembski Bowden's Night Lords yeah. series, yeah. Uh, particularly because okay. there's also yeah. a a shot of Night of a Night Lord who looks exactly like Talos with his. Blood Angel's power sword and his desecrated killer and his scroll on his shoulder and his rune on his helmet and stuff like that. Um, they're like, we're pretty sure that's the guy from the Night Lords books. And Aaron Dempsey <laughs> Bowden's like, I don't know. He looks pretty cool, though. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's also like, uh, what is it? Um, where, where they plot out all the things on a board first. Like they sketch out the... The, co- the frame by frame thing on a board first. Yep. There's one of those. It's a bunch of night lords jetpacking through a tunnel. Awesome. Uh, and not surprisingly for me, but like they're doing, I'm not surprised they're doing Warhammer Adventures, both Age of Sigma and 40k. They're doing an animated series of, which is awesome. I'm surprised by how much I love the art style. Like something about it is kind of smooth and stretchy, like with how the faces emote and stuff. And it just feels fun and light to a degree, but then all these Necrons just step off plinths and turn around to look at the main, at the main character just fiddling with some Necron stuff, and you go, oh yeah, hey, I remember in this book where a kid got flayed alive by a Necron in the first book, <laughs> yeah, remember, yeah. uh, there, there might still be some pretty rough stuff in this. Um, God, I, I want to rant about this for like 
the rest of the episode, honestly, but I know I know we have to actually talk about a really good book, so I'm not gonna, but <laughs> just the just the fact that Games Workshop is so seriously taking a stab at doing proper animated like adaptations of their IP and because it's Games Workshop, they're doing it themselves. Um, this trailer was apparently a mix of things they are currently working on and things they have pitched. So maybe not all of this becomes actual series, but a lot of it. So storyboard was the word I'm thinking of. Thanks, Brain. Um, uh, so maybe not all of this will become a series, but I really hope they do because like everything that's animated here is so interesting to me. I feel like I've just been yelling about it for 10 minutes. So you say something about it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I've not looked. At, I've, I have looked at it, but I've not analyzed it. I think to you. <laughs> <laughs> to your level, I think, and I'm I'm really pleased yeah. for you, to be honest. And I, I'm re- I'm mm. always excited when you know GW decide to do you know stuff anything to do with like animation or take it. You know, I know like mm. we know about obviously not what it's going to be like the Marvel thing that whatever that will be. You know, mm. with the comics and such like. Like I'm I'm surprised this has not been done before to this sort of level. Anyway, I know we've seen like Ultramarines animated movie years ago mm. <laughs> which is uh, mm. uh you know <laughs> is yeah. a, an, a, an interesting one <laughs> but i um yeah i no i i'm i'm really excited to see what what comes of all this anyway i mean i suppose mm. I, i'm not when i say i'm not getting too excited is that i know this stuff takes a long time so it's one of those things yeah. it's a bit like the old yeah. world you know where you when we were talking about the other the other episode where it's like you know it's years off so you sort of like okay no I, i'm really looking forward to it but i'll get more excited when it's actually, you know, about to drop, so so, so to speak, mm, as such. Mm. So, no, I, I, I can't wait to see what comes of all this. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you, mate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm just like, just bouncing off. I've turned into a small child and bouncing around the room at the sight of a Terminator whose shoulders are well below the level of his head. <laughs> I'm actually, I actually really love the fact that like, hey, this is an official animation that people who aren't, used to how 40k looks might yeah. see so let's just make sure the terminator looks like he could actually function <laughs> well, um, that's, that, that's crucial actually it's so good because I, I, yeah. I, I know this is slightly off off topic but like i remember <laughs> when i was playing um inquisitor Marta, the you know the video mm. game um yeah. which i think i said before what i loved about it in well, one of the the things that i thought was great was the fact that the, the scale was great. Like I said, you as an Inquisitor, mm, you're pretty big because mm. you're wearing power armor, but you're not wearing, obviously, space yeah. marine power armor. But then yeah. when you're fighting, like, Plague Marines and Black Legion, mm. Chaos Space Marines, they're, they're, like, literally, like, a head and shoulders above mm. you, you know, like, mm. in scale. Yeah. And, like, when you fight a Dreadnought, the, you know, Great Unclean one is literally <laughs> the, the size you would imagine. And that's mm. so important. Mm. And I know it's something we, we don't often see as much in the tabletop because obviously yeah scales are funny th- yeah you know it's, it's always a funny <laughs> a funny thing for us um you know i know i know the scale's getting better since obviously primaris and obviously what mm. we're seeing but yeah the scale always can be a bit funny but i yeah i think just that is so crucial because i think when you because obviously for a lot of us because you see the tabletop and you know you may read stuff i think sometimes it's so easy to forget how big a terminator 
you know, Marine is, mm. you know, you don't, mm. you know, like it's so easy when you look at the model and think, well, they're not much different size to the, nor- to a, you know, a devastator Marine. And it's like, no, like mm. in, in, you know, in the real universe that, uh, of it, it would be totally, you know, different scale. Oh, so, yeah. so no, I'm, yeah. I'm really, really pleased for it. So yeah, well, oh, it's good actually. I'm glad you, it's gonna be good. you, you went off on that. Cause it, like I said, it gave me a chance just to, you know, <laughs> calm myself down after you frightening me yeah. with that. Sorry. So, <laughs> 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 oh, so, I'm not collecting excited yelling faces over yeah <laughs> remember I'm older than you Cameron I can't take no, things no, like sorry. that sorry I've got to be careful with your heart <laughs> <laughs> oh, right well I definitely need a break to calm down uh, so does Cameron mm. and so we're going to take our next little break now and uh, when we return we're going to talk about Belisarius Call and let's see how great his work really is mm. back soon Right, here we are. We're back after mm. a delightful break that involved food, feeding dogs, uh, mm. pre-ordering Slave to Darkness, start collecting box and battle tomes, <laughs> in my case. Uh, <laughs> the flesh is weak, but the gods are strong. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Matt is definitely weak. <laughs> but we digress. Let's talk about Belisarius called The Great Work, which is our mm. main law topic today, which I think we've both been quite... Uh, eager mm. to talk about because oh, I suppose yeah. this novel There's... is quite mm. yeah it's a, it's quite yeah yeah it's, quite, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty uh, uh. yeah <laughs> it's out there yeah definitely <laughs> so um like I said hopefully you know before we talk about it you've had chance to read it I mean you may not do if yeah not, you know um, I mean hey, no 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 not if not no you stop this podcast right now you go to Audible. Where it's yeah. the cheapest and easiest way to get use your free credit to listen to the great work. Yeah. And then you come back ten in ten hours time. Yeah. This is important. Listen yeah. or read to the book listen to or read the book before listening to this section of the podcast, please. Yes. It's a good book. You'll mm. you'll like it. Yeah. Probably. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. I think I confidently you will like this novel mm. because mm. it yeah. it touches upon a lot of stuff <laughs> which oh, we'll get into boy. in a minute this is... yeah holy so, shit yeah it Look, is I, I mean, yeah. if if we wanted to we could do nothing for the rest of like the next six months but break down individual things from this book and <laughs> yeah. probably be good for law yeah just putting that out there <laughs> yeah this is a very very law heavy it's weighed down it's saggy. Mm. It's like it's sagging mm. with law. In my, <laughs> I mean, in my case, it's hardcover, so I could just beat you to death with the amount of law in it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and I've got the audio version, so I could just crank the speakers up, oh, Emperor's yeah. ch- Children-like, and just make your ears bleed with the amount of law that's in this book. Oh, my God. So I, think, I, think we're, I think we're selling this. <laughs> There's a lot of law in this book, and that's why... Yeah. No, it, it, you know, jokes aside, I think it, it's this is one of those novels where you know, because obviously we do cover quite a few on this podcast, but obviously a lot of them, mm, are, you know, mm. just interesting to talk about. Whereas this, I think, you know, there is a lot of implications in the law in there, so therefore, it's probably mm. recommended you do try and read it. I mean, if you if you think realistically you're never going to read it, then just carry on listening <laughs> to this section yeah. and, and enjoy it. We'll, we'll give you a decent cover- breakdown. Exactly, yeah. we'll try and cover as much we you know reasonably can. Um, so. Mm. I hope you've understood that yeah, spoiler warning is a hundred percent in effect on this one because there, mm-hmm. like I said, there's a lot of it. So, right. Okay. Well, before we kick off with what the book's about, 
uh, Cameron, have you got the back of the book there to uh, and you know to tell us? Yep. What's it about? Yep. <clears throat> Belisarius Call, Arch Magos Dominus of the Adeptus Mechanicus, is the most brilliant mind alive. For ten thousand years, he has furthered the cause of mankind, working under the aegis of the Emperor and Lord Commander Reboot Gilliman to prevent the inexorable march of the alien and the traitor. Many call him heretic, but all must recognize the magnitude of his achievements. For who else but he was entrusted to create a new generation of space marines? Who else but the great Belisarius Call could even accomplish such a task? Now, in the wake of the Great Rift and the Indominus Crusade, his ambitions bring him to the long-dead world of Sothar, once home to the scythes of the Emperor, now a barren wasteland devoured by the vile Tyranids. Accompanied by Tetrarch Felix and his elite warriors, it is here that Cole believes the linchpin of his mysterious great work lies. But uncovering it is a near-impossible task, one in which the Arch Magos must overcome an ancient evil that threatens to extinguish the last hope of humanity. Wow. That's yeah, it's deep. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's actually a very good summary of it, actually. Yeah, it's... Uh, mm, yeah, I, th- yeah. I, think, I think before we get into the lore... And before we give our our impressions on it, I think mm. I think it would be good mm. to actually sort of when I say summarize this book, I think it'd be good to actually sort of give a little mini overview of what sort of this novel is about. So yeah, you know, I think you know fundamentally, I say you got a few things going on here. Obviously, like the bit that Cameron read out is obviously obviously mm-hmm. a lot of it's based around Belsaris Call. <laughs> That's obvious, but mm-hmm. it's obviously mm-hmm. about him in current you know, current forty K law, you know, his current the current day, you know, post Great mm-hmm. Rift. Uh but you do get flashbacks to, you know, obviously back to like the heresy days and the time leading mm-hmm. up to it. Mm-hmm. So obviously that so there's a big thread about him and what he's trying to do on Sothor, which is obviously the planet there mm-hmm. they're on. Uh which is obviously connected to the Pharos device, which again, yep, if you're familiar yep. with the heresy, you've probably heard that term used. Um, <laughs> or if not- you're, or if you're familiar with the Tyranids, to yeah, be fair. Yeah. Or, or Necrons. Cause, um, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's a really important device. Mm, yeah. Overall. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, um, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and that, and like I said it's quite crucial to the uh, the storyline of this one as well. So you have got that going on. You've obviously got the size of the emperor as uh, obviously a, mm-hmm. you know a big part of this as well. So they've got basically their own yeah. sort of story thread in regards to their mm. history with the Tyranids mm. and obviously why yes. Sothas basically in the state is currently is um, on. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, you've also got Felix. Uh, I mean, if you Felix, mm-hmm. you, you'll be familiar with him if you've read Dark Imperium or uh, yep. Plague War. Because mm-hmm. he's basically a, one of the main, a fairly important character out of those books as well, and obviously he's yeah. you know he's he's, set, l- well, he's less less important in Plague War, really important mm, in Dark Imperium, yeah. really important here. Yes, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back. Like <laughs> he's back honestly, honestly, this this could have been Tetrarch Felix the Great Work, and it would yeah. have been about as appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, and also his relationship with Call himself, because obviously they've mm, got their own mm. history with each other as well. So, um, so yeah, yeah so, yeah. so fundamentally that's it. It's basically, you, you, this, this novel gives you an insight 
into how Call ticks, you know, how he, because obviously mm. we don't, you know, we know about him in the sense of being, you know, he's the guy or, or the, 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 the Archmagos that, that created the Primaris Marines. And that's sort of mm. all you really know about Call generally. Yeah. And then, whereas I yeah. find this really does expand on him. Um, was it again with the size of the emperor for example you may know them as a chapter you may not know them and obviously this book will again mm. will give you at least an insight of what they've had to go through and why their chapter is sort of in the state it currently is and obviously in regards to the tyrannies mm. so it's it's one of those where you could probably if you've read other things um then you probably benefit from it but I I think it's pretty good in the sense that you don't have to. I don't feel like hmm. you know yeah. you, you, you know you're gonna know, you, you could do with knowing who Call is you know and things like that in yeah, general. But yeah. uh, in in regards, you I know, mean, but you probably yeah. would know, anyway. who, know who Call is, know who Felix is. That's yeah, basically those those are the two prime characters of yeah. the, the piece that you got to know about. Yeah, yeah. Right, so that's all. That's the sort of the gist of of the the stories that are going on in this. Um, Right, so Cameron, what did you think of this book? Yeah, holy shit, this is a very good book. Uh, (laughs) It's my general overview. Um, I don't even know where to begin. No, (laughs) where I put this. Um, Oh my god. Oh, you, also, you said it goes, like, back to the heresy. It goes way further back. It goes, like, to mm. before the Dark Age of Technology at one point. Yep. <laughs> um, so it, it goes far back. Um, so there, there's a lot of important things here. There's a lot of things in here that actually legitimately do impact the, quote-unquote, current state of the 40K universe, which I think yep. is very interesting, because th- this is a book that does actually change quite a few things um primarily of which hey do you have a sides of the emperor army that isn't 100 percent primarish marines because <laughs> uh, if if you do i do have bad news for you in that that is canonically an army from before this book happened yeah, um so would, yeah. <laughs> just yeah just put it out there um so canonically there are now only primarish sides of the emperor yep because uh, of several reasons, uh, one of which is all the other non-primary sides of the Emperor got infected by gene stealers mm. <laughs> and yep. went went out in a blaze of glory. So good for them. Um, but yeah, uh, there, there, there's a there's this book is rife. It is thick with <laughs> interesting and cool things that aren't necessarily super important, and mm. interesting and cool things that are the most important. Yeah, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. like. I, I read a lot of the 40k books. I haven't read all of them. I think in recent years, this is probably the one that has the most potential to impact the path forward of like the 40k timeline. Mm-hmm. Cause we get things like Archmagos Call able to hack into and freely control any Necron technology. <laughs> yeah. Archmagos Call casually revivifying a planet that was eaten by the Tyranids. Yep. Archmagos Cole walking around with a Primaris Marine half as big again as a regular Primaris Marine who is so psychically powerful he can hide the fact that he's an alpha-level cycle from space marine librarians and any form of sensor who's saying this was what I wanted the Primaris Marines to be. It's almost a Primarch, but not quite. And saying, oh, this is just my bodyguard, the Alpha Primus. <laughs> it's, and, and that's just, and that is literally just touching the surface. There's so oh, yeah. many, yeah. You, you know, you will be even, 
you know, brought back to your childhood and the story of Goldilocks at one point. Oh my in this god! Novel yeah, as well. You know, oh, it, it, like a weird said, feeling. yeah, it really is. It's, <laughs> I saw it. That's this is a it's a funny book because it, it's funny in the sense that it's actually quite a simple story. What's going on here? Hmm. It's just oh, yeah. like you said. Why we're struggling to probably talk about it in some ways is because there's so many <laughs> little nuggets and in some oh, cases yeah. huge yeah. nuggets of like what mm. moments you know or like, mm. you know things that are revealed that it makes it hard to sort of try and yeah you know, put yeah, it all look, together I, I i can summarize the plot in less than two minutes it goes as, as thus tetrarch felix and his elite bodyguard meet up with prime with uh call to go to the world of sotha which was the world of the size of the emperor mm-hmm. to investigate the pharos device which is the entire mountain that the size of the emperor's fortress monastery was built in on the way some of them die from doing random dumb bullshit like taking their helmets off uh, because it's messing with their minds. Mm-hmm. Because it turns out the Pharos device is powered by eight shards of eight different Catan um, who desire greatly, well, the one remaining of them, one of them desires greatly to be free, mm-hmm. um, which is what Cole does. He he gains power over Necron technology to get a map of every Blackstone-filled location in the galaxy, um, and in doing so, releases a new Catan into the galaxy yep. before promptly telling it to fuck off and sending it to 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 a random star on the <laughs> other side of the galaxy to prevent this entire place from blowing up as Tyranids swarm through and kill the last of the non-primary size of the Emperor. That's it. That's the book. Yeah. That's the that's the entire plot. That's all it is, but it's... Oh, how many pages is this? Hold on. <laughs> it's probably uh, 400, I'd imagine. Um, it is 311. Okay. Oh, and the hardback have bigger pages than regular. Yeah, yeah books, so it's probably but, about 400, yeah. It's, yeah, but yeah. It, it, is, it, is, it is a decently beefy book, but <laughs> it can be boiled... That That is the whole of the actual plot. There's no real super twists and turns besides... No. This is how the size of the emperor got contaminated, and that is a side story. Mm-hmm. Like all the size of the emperor stuff is like that's cool. This is not super relevant to the plot. Mm-hmm. What's relevant is what Cole is doing, yep. the relationship between Cole and Felix, and most importantly, the relationship between Cole and himself. Yeah, himself is the best way to <laughs> yeah himself. Um, so have you heard? Of a form of technology that allows you to blend not only the mind, but the soul. Well, uh, because I, it turns out... <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was going to say, well, I, I, I hadn't, but I, since I've read this book, I've found out about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hey, did you know that Belsaris Call is actually seven people in an Archmagos' trench coat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can get into the cinema. Because uh, he's yeah, underage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, no, so I think this is one of the big things. Um, honestly, I was not sure what was going on, because this this is an interesting thing. So, like, the, the Pharos device and the Catan within it is attempting to break out and gain control of the surrounding area, and it's attempting to learn how to manipulate the people approaching it by essentially reading their memories. But the yep. because it's a Catan and it's not psychic... The only way it can do that is by using quantum entanglement to force their current day consciousness temporarily back into the past so that their current day consciousness experiences exactly what happened in the past. But it's not, it's not reviewing it. It is they have literally been transported into the past. Yep. And that's where they are right now. Like that's where their mind is right now. And the Catan can siphon that information out. And from this, we learn. 
Cole is several different people all blended together, and yep. Cole's original personality is the one in charge, but there's bits of, uh, for example, Ezekiel Sedane, mm. who is the person who invented the Black Carapace and allowed yep. the Space Marine Legions to become a thing. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's bits of, um, uh, at, was it not, it was not Amara Stati, it was a different lady, but, um, Honestly, I wasn't sure what was going on at that point, and I had a moment of, oh, we're going to get cool call as trans. We didn't get it, unfortunately. Um, but it, I mean, kind of. Yeah, that, that I, person exists and is part of Cole's well, you, identity. It, 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 like I said, <laughs> it, you, you get the impression that, like you said, that there's, there's definitely multiple personalities with literally oh, within Cole. I mean, I think mm. the only real confirmed ones <laughs> is obviously the original Belisarius call, mm. like you said, there's Sedane, yeah. and then there's Hester, Aspersia, Sigma, Sigma. That was another, the one. Yeah, that's yeah. Another that was another confirmed um, personality. Um, but mm. really, but it is, again, with everything we're, we're going to say, like, you know, like we just revealed then, is uh, there's still mm. a bit of grey in there. Like you said, just because there's three that we know definitely are in yeah. there, there could be yeah. seven, there could be ten. You know, there's not actually, mm. I don't think it actually mm. stipulates how many he's got, so he could have many yeah. <laughs> involved. Well, in there. And, yeah, and like a big thing is he doesn't know how many he has. No, nope. because we also learn the limit as much as we learn how absurdly powerful Cole is in this book. We learn his limits. Yep. Uh, his literal hardware limit is every 500 years he has to dump all his memory data. Um, off, off into like a hard drive somewhere. Yeah. So that he has <laughs> yeah. space to form new memories. Mm. Uh, and we know he's been mind wiped at least once, probably twice by yep. other members of the Mechanicus who have tried yep. to get rid of him. Uh, but here, here's his new thing is he's getting his minions to go out and find his old hard drives effectively so yeah. he can remember everything he's forgotten. Uh, but the reason that's important and the reason this soul blending thing is really really stupidly important um is because ezekiel sedane was alive during and possibly before the dark age of technology mm. and met personally with the emperor several times yep like there, there is a flashback which is ezekiel sedane's early life where he goes to meet the master of the lines who is this shaman out in a cave in the himalayas who couples go to when they want to get together and he determines whether or not they're genetically compatible with each other or makes them genetically compatible and like you know it's the dark age of technology or the age of strife so technology and gene enhancement is a thing but it's like in that pseudo barbaric fantasy setting rather than a proper sci-fi setting like there's all this mysticism around it and he goes to find the master of the lines he walks into the cave and Malkador the Sigalite is sitting there in a loincloth yeah. next to a fire yeah. saying, you can't talk to the master of the lines. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's, you know, he's like, he nearly died getting up here. He's like, okay, I guess I've got to leave. And he turns around and there's the emperor of mankind mm -hmm. as yeah. like barbarian warlord in a cave um, <laughs> style, yeah. like, come work for me. I will show you such wonders. And, you know, like, 2,000 years later, Ezekiel Sedane is still around, like, talking to Cole at the time, who who began to be a thing at that point as well, and stuff like that. Um, and just the breadth of information we get. For example, uh, hey, we know that the head of the Astartes project was named Amar Astarte. Yep. They were probably named after her. Yeah, makes um, sense. <laughs> which, which is, or, or I have seen a postulation that, like, that's a poorly, like, that is intentionally a poor translation of her job title 
Um, because, you know, Amar is apparently in some way could be like overseer or like mm-hmm. supervisor. And Astadi was, I think, an Indian or Middle Eastern god of fertility, sexuality, and warfare. Uh, obviously taking the warfare part there. So, like, literally, <laughs> it could just be a title of Mother of the Warriors. So, it could be that, or it could just be her name has meaning. Who knows? Anything's possible. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the really important thing is at one point we have a flashback from Cole and we're like, oh man, Cole got to speak to the Emperor. And then we later learned Cole never spoke to the Emperor. Nope. This was Sedane. <laughs> but the important thing is it is Cole's consciousness at that time period invading Sedane's mind in that time period actively. It's being forced back. It's really him. It's really Cole there at that moment. And the Emperor is speaking not to Sedane, but to Cole. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. He knows and he's like, you know, you'll you'll know that you but be- you'll think you betrayed me, but you did not, or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Uh all cryptic emperor bullshit as usual. Um <laughs> it, it's what it is. Um but oh god, this is the wealth of stuff. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> I know. It's mm. just- Mana no, but- from heaven. Yeah. It's just <laughs> And that's the thing with it when you're reading these things, it's actually trying to keep track of it because it does bounce around, especially mm, with the flashbacks. Mm. Because the way the book's written is that you're not always, I mean, it will say like circa 10,000 years, for example, but you don't mm. know what time zone it is unless it specifically no. says, you know, you sort of like you have to sort of yeah. guess what situation this is because it'll, because you'll see lots of scenes with, uh, Call and Friedish, who, which is basically one of his companions that he, he used to work mm. with in the, uh, you know, the, well, what would have been the, the Mechanicum, uh, back in the day. And, you know, I mean, like their relationship is fantastic. Like, so, you know, so basically mm. it's almost like comedic at times. So, you know, they, they bicker a lot. Um, you know, Call is the, the cocky, uh, you know, know it all and, and Friedish is the, mm. you know, who, who obviously knows his stuff as well, but feels a bit undermined by Call all the time. But then they're, you know, they bicker a lot, mm. but they're, they're clearly good friends as well. And, you know, and then, you know, fast forward to the scene where, you know, like for example, Sedane, you know, goes to call, says, right, you know, I'm dying. Um, I've been, Mm. you know, I'm literally falling apart. He's been taking these drugs, these Xenos drugs that have kept him alive for, Mm. you know, uh, longer than they should. He's obviously (laughs) on his way out and obviously then offers to call basically saying, right, we're going to, I want us to mind meld. You know, I'm, I'm the guy, and he literally says this to call, Mm. like, I'm the guy who designed the black carapace. You know, yeah, uh, you know work. yeah, and you know, and he's really <laughs> proud of himself for doing that. Mm, um, mm. And you know, he basically says that to Call, and then Call obviously in turn is like, I don't know if I want to mind meld, you know, meld our minds mm. and souls together because obviously that's not worked before. Because obviously the reason Call has been picked is because his teacher um from when he was younger is the 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 guy that's behind that or was that behind that experiment and obviously i think call is like mm. the last of either 11 or 12 like disciples basically yeah. that yeah. are still around um so most of them have either died in other ways or have died via this experiment so obviously 
um, you know, Call is very resistant to. It. He's like, yes, thank you know, thanks, mm. but no mm. thanks. And obviously, then uh, Sedane <laughs> via his you know his uh, you know his entourage basically shoot Friedish. Friedish then is obviously dying, and and then obviously puts Call in a difficult position, saying, well, I'll save him if you go through mm. with this. And then obviously, that's what ends up happening. Um, and obviously, yeah. like Cameron said, is that um, you know the whole personality thing is crucial to this because obviously the way this technology is supposed to work or this experiment is that the in this case Sedane is supposed to be the dominant personality so effectively mm. call gets enveloped into Sedane's personality uh, but obviously in yeah. the body of call because obviously he's much younger yeah. and in a better position um <laughs> and but obviously and then you have this really cool scene where you know call, you know what should be Sedane waking up in call's body turns out that call mm. has become the you know the dominant uh, personality yeah. as you expect shoots the you know the you know, the 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 guard and then mm. helps uh, you know well well then Friedish now <laughs> in current day is well was Cavo eighty eighty seven and now Cavo eighty eight mm. so basically what he's what happened with Friedish is they basically taken his brain and uh, yeah <laughs> in, in, you know taking his personality implanted it into into t- to a tech mm. priest now which is quite which is I think lovely in a way. From from Call's perspective, because obviously this is the thing mm. with, with Call throughout this whole book, he's he, in some ways he's a monster. So like to Felix, yeah, he's a monster. That's oh, yeah. what that's Absolutely. what Felix because obviously Felix has gone through the the Primaris uh, program, and obviously mm. to 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 him, you know, there's this son father figure going on here and obviously mm. so like i said in some ways call is a bit of a monster with what he's done but then there's a part of him that that wants people to succeed wants his you know almost mm. what he's been doing in throughout the imperium to 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 work and and i suppose even with like Friedrich, his old friend that he used to bicker with he's like yeah. he you know yeah. he's like he feels he has to save him and has to he's gone you know mm. like he's gone to the point where he's gone through a you know a mind meld and soul meld to to free mm. you know to save his friend you know it's like and you, yeah. you know so you're getting this real you know dynamic thing going on here um mm. Mm. Oh, where do we where do we go next? Right, with- <laughs> I mean, speaking of Felix, speaking yep. of Felix, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Um. Hey, hey! Don't ever let anyone tell you that Primaris Marines aren't grim, dark enough for you mm. when you have a child screaming and begging for death as a man who's trying to style himself as a father figure digs around in his brain yeah. in order to make him grow properly. <laughs> um. <laughs> just continually on and off for 10,000 years. Yeah. Um, it's, hey, it's creepy. <laughs> Felix is Felix is kind of fucked up, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <clears throat> yeah. Cause, and, and that's the thing with, with Felix's, you know, sort of dream, you know, these, these dreams or, mm. you know, these flashbacks is like when he, there's that scene where he goes back to being a child and he's, you know, talking with his younger brother because mm. obviously effectively, yeah, yeah. you know, that he, he disappeared. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, Felix. Yeah. He was. You he know, went he, for a routine medical exam, and the little green light went on, and they put him in a different room, and no one ever heard of him again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, there's this is like this really heartfelt scene where his younger brother is sort of talking about like, oh yeah, mum was just mm. you know, mother was crying for you for ages because obviously you just Aww. disappeared, and yeah, and, you know, and like mother, you know, mother and like their mother and father wanted different amount of children and and like they joke about yeah. like felix and oh, is it noctus or noctum or i can't remember yeah his brother's name. yeah <clears throat> it's so to I do with because so. obviously he's called decimus because obviously as in death yeah. as in 10 and then noctus yeah. was, was nine and obviously they wanted 10 children yeah. they were going backwards and mm. things like that it's yeah it's quite a surreal yeah. scene um and it also shows true fear for 
I suppose oh, for yeah. a space marine as well, because obviously, even though he's going through the process of becoming a Primaris marine, and like Cameron said, you've got these scenes where literally his skull is being you know cut open and and prodded around and and, and, and everything like that. <laughs> he's literally fearful, you know. He's literally going, mm. you know, it's he's like out of a horror a horror film, you know, sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously. It's then led to obviously the Felix we have of today, and and obviously he's got this real grudge against obviously Cool, and it, and mm. and you see it through their relationship through the whole book, where obviously because basically the reason that Felix is there is like like the the back of the book said he's checking up on Cool on behalf of Gilliman mm. basically because mm. yeah. you know because Cool is you know doing his own thing as we as Cool does because obviously yeah. Gilliman yeah. Gilliman's trying to obviously keep the Imperium in shape, but. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's trying to keep it in shape, but obviously he's only there's only even being a Primarch, there's only so much he can do. And then obviously, mm. so he's you know calls off doing his own thing. You know, Felix is sort of basically checking up on him, and obviously using this sort of uh, day trip to Sotha to, to sort mm. of see what he's planning <laughs> here, and yeah. uh, basically yeah. to write a report for Gilliman. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's oh, a man. it's a weird dynamic at times because I mean Felix oh. is is the is the where he is because. The one thing he clearly says at one point, uh, well, a few times, is he doesn't want power, you know, because obviously Felix, mm. Felix is, you know, doing because he's a, tr- you know, he's, uh, I suppose he's, he's got an odd position, isn't he? He's sort of he's in, mm. he's sort of a bit, a bit excluded from the the normal chapter things. Obviously, he's technically an ultramarine, yeah, um, but he's in charge of a lot of the different planets or guard, you know, mm. guard, basically a guardian of a lot of the different planets in Ultramar, or effectively. Um, and, mm. and through that, he's, yeah, he's sort of, you know, you, you could tell there's, he's a real conflict with himself a lot through this book, mm. but mm. you know, there's, yeah. he's, he's, you know, he's having to deal with all the, all the bullshit that comes with his position. And, you know, de- that's, and he even <laughs> says at one point, he's glad to get away from his usual entourage that they're always following yeah. him around. He's getting, yeah. you know, he get, he's like, like I said, that's why I call this a day trip to Sotha. Cause he's sort of, mm. Just, mm. you know, off to, to you know, <laughs> I away get to from ride that. in the command rhino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of you getting the regular Razorback. Yeah. Basic <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, I mean, with I mean, going back to call, I mean, mm. there's so mm. many things to go with him. It's unreal. Um, another thing that always um, stands out is some of the is some of the things that get referenced via call. So, like I said, mm. you like when I was making the Goldilocks reference earlier. Yeah. So basically, yeah. he says a story about the is it the three ursines that um, mm. in the context mm. of basically bringing Sotha back to. A habitable planet because obviously because of Sotha yeah. was basically attacked by and decimated by the Tyranids uh, fleet of high fleet Kraken I believe and basically so it's been you know been ravished as the Tyranids do um, but yeah. there's, this, there's this amazing scene where Call is basically telling Felix and his entourage like well yeah it's you know it's not in a good place now but basically give me about three hundred and fifty years. And I'll bring mm. Sotha back to being how it was, you know, with... You It'll know, be a paradise world again. Yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and like, obviously the, you know, Felix and co are basically like, what? <laughs> how is that even possible? Mm. And he's like, well, well, yeah, I mean, they've, okay, they've, they've ravished the, the land, but a lot of the good stuff mm. is still underground. Because obviously that's a key yeah. thing that we get, you know, because mm. obviously we know about the Tyranids and the way they basically demolish pa- planets by, you know, sucking mm. the life out of it, so to speak. Um, but... 
you know, and we've we've debated before, like, well, do they take the metal as well? And the, and that's actually discussed mm. in this one. They do, they do, they take the metal yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, because obviously we've had that Tyranid's Necron argument before. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, and but obviously they leave what's underground, and obviously underground you still mm. have water, well, minerals, and and everything. They, that they, they leave what's deep underground. Yeah, sorry. Like, yes, I, I, I feel I feel the implication here is Tyranids can't afford to stay long enough to strip mine like down to the bottom of the crust. Yes. So they go like a couple of kilometers down, get everything they can in that. And then by now, by that point, they're getting too hungry. They literally, they literally have to move to a different planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, there's still water. There's still plenty of minerals and metals. And Cole's big thing is there's still native bacteria with native genetic sequences. So he's like, yeah, I can take the bacteria from down there and, you know, cross-reference them with Mechanicum-like archives and just kind of gene splice all your species back. Just give me 300 years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Are you, what? You, you just got to... And I... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. He, but... Like his his ships up there, like with like a laser the size of a of a normal sized ship, they're just like beginning to carve out all the terraforming locations and stuff, <laughs> sending out all the all the like little minions whose job for the next three centuries is to just oversee planting trees. <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows you the power and of, oh, of yeah. call in 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 def- different ways obviously the fact it, what always makes me laugh is when he's telling them that he's the he's sort of mm. telling them like a, a like a patronizing teacher he's like like think about it why you know what could i do to get this planet back up and up and running mm. and the fact he's so i suppose casual about it oh you know, yeah. obviously this is a yeah. big thing like like a chapter you know like the size of the emperor mm. have, have literally ha- lost their planet obviously it's still physically mm. there but they've literally lost their planet and you know it's been absolutely stripped yeah. and decimated and he's like oh that's fine i'll just rebuild it for you like, like just like yeah just give me a couple <laughs> hundred years like very casual the way he does it and the fact he and then like i said we see towards the end of the novel where he basically like i said he, he goes by his promise and starts you know sending ships down to to begin the process and go right yeah you know don't worry come back in a few hundred years it'll be i'll be up and running it's just <laughs> and that that's yeah. cool all over that's a key thing mm. you see with cool he's and I, and I think it's why he's this has actually made him one of my favorite characters i love that mm. he has that cocky confidence but it, but he follows through with it like it's not just uh you yeah know, it's not all yeah it's not all talk he literally can do what he says like there's times yeah, where he's, yeah he's like a magician almost like um mm. yeah by the way in the next few minutes um shit may get a bit weird <laughs> Um, <laughs> but don't worry i i've got it i'm, I'm un, i've got it under control um, just don't like, get involved. There, there's there's that moment where like Felix and some of the other Marines went off to do something else and they come back and Cole is literally riding on a wave of Necron scarabs and everyone's like, what? What are you doing? Why are you doing this, Cole, please? Just, um, but uh, the, the, I think an important thing to take note of, you speak of Cole's cocky, confident personality. Well, um, yeah, which one? <laughs> he put, he put the, he, he, well, no, yeah, he put that on the day before because he wanted to appeal to Felix's, like, garrulous camaraderie based nature i guess yep like he, he there's literally a scene of cole like sitting in his bedroom just like thinking like uh a little more confidence a little less self-aggrandizing i want felix to think that i'm really cool so i can't like be too down on myself as yeah. like just he's he's literally he literally like 
dials up and down certain parts of his basic personality yeah. to change his entire outlook. Like, Cole, through this whole book, is super confident, super cocky, and, like, adventurous and reckless. But that's because he literally chose to be, but once he chose to be, he couldn't be anything but. No. And I really love that. It's so good. Like, he does the craziest, stupidest stuff in this book. He's like, you know, I'm here for information on the Blackstone Fortress, so I'm just going to, hey, uh, this this literal god, this thing I can identify as being as high above me that it must be a god, is trying to talk to me. So while I'm talking to it, I'm just going to, like, behind my back, start hacking the entire Necron complex <laughs> and just hope it doesn't notice until it's too late. <laughs> Love it. And there's that, that, there's that oh. scene as well where they're, they're basically defending mm. their position against the scarabs at that point. And, mm. like, the fact he, like, while well, obviously all Felix and the other Primaris are, you know, busy firing away with bolt rifles and such like, and then, mm. you know, Cool and uh, Caveau 87, obviously, who's with Friedish's personality, basically takes out, like, this sort of, umbre- mm. you know, this little umbrella, which basically turns yeah. into, like, a haywire grenade basically mm-hmm. and then he's mm-hmm. like um yeah by the way i'm not going to tell he's because he basically doesn't tell him he's going to do it and all of a sudden he basically does this haywire yeah. grenade, was like a basically like an emp which knocks mm. all these um scarabs out of the sky and i love the fact that because obviously because it's basically a haywire grenade it, it causes all the primaris marines to lose power in their power armor so they start like collapsing mm. because obviously they collapse under the weight of their own armor and then they get buried in like hundreds and thousands of scarabs that fall on them and they're sort of like help i'm yeah. trapped <laughs> and, and, and they're like felix is like oh why didn't you tell us you were going to do that. And he's like, well, I'll spoil the surprise. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's so cavalier <laughs> with everything he does. It's brilliant. Absolutely mm. brilliant. He's such a cool character. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny. <laughs> right, okay. Um, actually, talking to characters, another thing that's uh, mm. interesting to talk about is uh, Call Inferior. So, again... Oh, for, my God, yeah. So... Holy if shit. You, if you're familiar with, um, I think it was, it was, it, Dark, it was Dark Imperium that references. It was Dark called, Imperium. Yeah. Um, that references Call Inferior. So if you are familiar with that book, you may remember, but basically there's that scene where Gilliman wants to speak to Call and basically there's a sign outside saying, Call's not here. Uh, I'll take, you know, mm. basically Call Inferior is being the receptionist for, for Call and mm. sort of says mm. like, you know, he's, he's, he's busy at the moment. You know, you can speak to me yeah. if you want. Um, and obviously there was this sort of in, you know, it, it was quite an interesting uh, sort of part of the book because obviously it's sort of suggesting is is this actually call that he's talking to, you know, is it an AI mm. program, blah, 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 you know, that sort of stuff. And then there's this this interesting scene in this book where basically, you know, Felix is getting really pissed off with call for <laughs> all his cavalier attitude <laughs> and basically says, well, you know, and, and you want to become fabricator general because, again, if you get fl- flashback yeah. to Dark Imperium, Call Inferior mm. tells Gilliman that, you know, basically he wants to be, uh, he want, Call wants mm. to be Fabricator General. And obviously, Call, when responding to Felix in this situation, is basically going, well, what are you talking about? I don't want to be Fabricator General. Mm. You know, that's a, yeah. I don't want to be a politician. You know, I'm a, I'm a amazing, yeah. you know, scientist. I'm, you know, I'm not. <laughs> and, and it's interesting that I was thinking, so what, mm. what's going on? Is that, is that just a, you know, just a cover up, or is Call Inferior, mm, mm. you know, ga- creating its own AI to to you know uh-huh. to get its own uh-huh. political, you know, yeah, say yeah. and power like, with things. It's interesting. There's a lot of possibilities there. Like the the simplest thing, Occam's Razor is when Call built Call Inferior, 
Because his implication is that it's not an AI. I just answered every possible question you could have for me. <laughs> um, and it's entirely possible just his state of mind, like his chosen personality that day was the politically ambitious personality. Mm-hmm. And that's why the call inferior wants to be like that. And because he made this millennia ago, this thing, he began building it. Uh, he dumps his memory every 500 years. He just doesn't remember that he was in that kind of mood when he built that part of the call inferior. <laughs> um, however, the interesting version is the call inferior inferior is clearly an abominable intelligence. It's an AI. Yep. And it is out for, it is out for Horus Heresy 2 electric boogaloo, but it's the <laughs> Belisarius Heresy. Yep. Like that, that's my favorite theory I've seen is that it will become Fabricator General of Mars, and its first act will be to brand the actual Call a heretic. Yeah. And, like, because we've got Belisarius the Call, the great work. I think we could have a solid title. Hey, Guy Haley, if you're listening to this, listen into this, Guy <laughs> Haley. Belisarius Call, heretic. Heretic. And the, enti- <laughs> and the entire book is Call making his way from Sotha back to Mars so that he can smash the glass case that Call and Fury has built for itself. <laughs> and, like, every step of the way, it, it's every step of the way, it's just him, like, trying to convince other Mechanicum to his side or fight off rogue Mechanicum who are taking this opportunity to just take him out, even though they know it's heresy because they can tell Call and Fury is a goddamn AI. They know, <laughs> but they hate Call so much they don't care. I think it would be great. You could really dig into, like, Mechanicus politics like, super deep and actually, like, really flesh out the other higher-ups in the Mechanicum. Yeah. And yeah, I think it'd be a good adventure, honestly. It'd be great. <laughs> it's a solid title. Everyone would I buy like it. it. <laughs> I'd buy three. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it, like I said, that I, th- I think that's the thing of why I think this book is so important with the lore is the fact we're seeing what's currently happening, but it is sowing potential seeds for later down the mm. line, you know, like I said, that, I mean, that may, oh, that may turn to be absolutely nothing. This, you know, call yeah. inferior side thing could be just a, probably will, yeah, probably will, but <laughs> you know, but who knows? It could be, it could end up being something quite important. Um, mm. let's switch it up. Let's, um, let's talk about Alpha Primus. So, oh man. <laughs> so as you said, <laughs> my skin is paper. My bones are glass. <laughs> Every day I lie in agony waiting for my heart attacks to send me to say, he's that kind of character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically Alpha Primus is. <laughs> I suppose effectively a bodyguard to call mm. um, is with him. He's, he's, he turns out once following discussions, he's basically, well, it, he's not necessarily guaranteed to be the first primaris, but he's the first successful primaris. Successful. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. it depends how you, where you're looking. Cause I'm sure there was failed experiments. So oh, he's, yeah. he's, you know, oh, he's, yeah. he's basically a prototype. He's a project of mm. <laughs> a, a, a primaris. He, he's the sales pitch is what he is because you know Cole crammed every possible thing into him and go like, look, these primaries means they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, they can shoot lightning from their eyes, they're immune to psychic assault, they know not to speak when unless they're spoken to, um, that every moment is agony, wait. I've messed up. Maybe, <laughs> maybe <laughs> we need to, maybe we need to scale it back a bit. Like, yeah, th- this is, this is, this definitely feels like, this was my first successful Primaris Marine. I jammed everything I could think of into it and then realized the like investment slash time slash result for this is too much or just literally the human price of I've created this being that does nothing but suffer in silence yeah. um, is too high to pay. And so we'll scale it back. Normal Primaris Marines are just better. 
Yeah. They're just a bit better than Space Marines, and that's good enough as long as I have lots of them. But could you imagine? Could you imagine how different Eighth Edition would be if Reboot Gilliman <laughs> was like, wake up the Primaris Marines and like ten of them wake up in pods and they're basically like little demi Primarchs. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's what he uh, is. Yeah. He yeah. Is, that, that's what he is. He's he's basic because he's he's, a he's not quite a Primarch. <laughs> yeah. He's 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 literally better than a. Uh, a Primaris Marine, put put inside the fact he's in a lot of pain, but mm. he's better than that, but not up to a Primark standard. He's he's literally mm. in mm. between those two sort of gaps. He's physically bigger than Primaris, mm. but not quite as big yeah. as a Primark. It, like I said, yeah. he's got, like I said, these amazing psychic abilities, like I said, that he can actually hide from other psychers. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, he, he, he's... You can tell, like I said, he is literally calls pet project, and that's basically what he's in. He oh, gets, yeah. And I think, yeah. I think at one point, uh, Felix describes him as a chimera, which is quite mm. an appropriate term for him. He is literally a, a melding of lots of different things, but a bit like cool, oh, yeah. actually. <laughs> they're sort of, they're quite mm. similar in mm. that, in that, that sort true. of way. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. and his creation has an important implication because, mm. um, I believe they say something about the Sang Primus Portum, I mm-hmm. think is what it's called. That's right. Uh, which is an artifact Gilliman gave to Cole for the creation of the Primaris Marines. Uh, most of the stuff in it, is not used in current Primaris Marines. Like it's the the technology from that is it's basically like a little gene vault the Emperor built that has, you know, like pure Primarch DNA and plans for different types of organs and stuff like that. Yeah. And calls like built upon it and reverse engineered and this is what the Primaris project is. But all he's taken from that is like a better stimulant system for the Belisar Infernus and a better like bone growth and muscle tissue system. Uh and the implication is like he could make a Primarch with the information in there. And this is clearly like his first not dead on the operating table attempt at that. <laughs> like, they're like, there's, there's that scene in one of the Fabius bio books where you like, you go into Fabius's old laboratory and you see all the like horrific mutated failed Primarch clones. And there's that horror. And then there's the one perfect Fulgrim. Right. Yeah. Yep. I feel at I feel at some point we're going to get that reveal where we're going to go into like Belisarius's personal secret lab, and we're gonna we're gonna look at all these test tubes with like all these dead massive men in them, and then we get to the final one and it's like a reboot Gilliman, but like plus ten percent. Yeah. Like it's Gilliman, but like two inches taller. <laughs> you know, his eyes are a little sharper, and Gilliman's got to look at like what the hell have you done is like well you know i just used everything you gave me you didn't let me let you didn't let me make trader marines so i made you yeah because yeah, that's a key point again with that particular artifact mm. is the fact that as we would expect gillam is like yeah don't touch the traitor primark uh yeah. genes, thanks and no do and calls like okay wink you know <laughs> yeah i will okay. definitely not do that no but if i did would you be mad yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that's basically what, again, what Alpha Primus is, because obviously, in theory, mm. um, it's one of those situations where Gilliman, you know, is unhappy about it, but he sort of has to accept it. It's one of those things where, in mm. theory, he's look, he would look at Alpha Primus and think, what have you done? This is not this is not what I gave you access for to do, mm. yet, you know, I suppose Gilliman has to sort of almost take it on the chin and go, fine, yeah, you've made him, okay, <laughs> I've got busier things to do, you know, it's just, yeah. you know. It's just and the I way mean, it is. It's it, it's seeing that like how many concessions are made for call. It really hammers home 
how important he is as mm. well. Like, yeah. if anyone else did, like, one-tenth of the crap Belisarius Cole tries to pull <laughs> with Gilliman and Gilliman's lieutenants on, like, a regular basis, they would be executed. Oh, yeah. They would be gone. Like, um, but because Cole's Cole, because he's the only one who can do all the technological innovation that Gilliman requires to maybe possibly save the Imperium from his current state... Cole Blake basically has a blank slate for anything that's not straight up. I put a demon in a jar and then gave it to a <laughs> space marine to use as a grenade. Like, <laughs> basically anything's fine. We know. Hey, Games Workshop, I know you keep saying they're Sons of Dawn. We know there are Primaris Marines descended from the Trader Legions. <laughs> it's literally canon. Yeah. Like, I don't care how, on how like, haha, funny, funny little reference we've made these white, arm and marines with a purple arm called the sons of the phoenix we know <laughs> it's okay you can just say it yeah you can just say they're descended from this you you can put a little sidebar note that says editor's note although it is never <laughs> officially acknowledged in universe please understand the sons of the phoenix were created with fulgrim's dna by <laughs> belisarius cole because he wanted to yeah put that side note in the space marines codex and also it's the fact that he wouldn't he would do it like there's no reason why oh, yeah. he wouldn't putting aside G- gilliman going don't do it don't touch it, it he's gonna do it he's look at, look at his like, attitude to things it's not that's not gonna not yeah. happen i mean like yeah he's do- gilliman has said don't do it belisarius cole has done it yeah more importantly gilliman knows belisarius cole has done it because yeah. gilliman is the organizer. That's literally his power. His special role is he is able to like schedule and sort things out really well. Like that tactical mind is not built just for the battlefield. It's built for society in general. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he has gone over every primarish chapter that has been created and you know, he was scrolling through the list of names and heraldries and stopped at sons of the Phoenix, yep. pure white armor with a purple <laughs> and gold arm and just kind of, he sighed, he rubbed his temples a little bit, and then he just kept scrolling. You know that's what it is. You know yep. Gilliman knows, you know yep. Cole did it. Yep. It's fine. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I just I just want I want I want them to actually meet again so they can just kind of just <laughs> yeah. look each other. Yeah. Good afternoon. Yeah, and goes, oh, <laughs> cool. been doing? <laughs> just kind of dance, just dance around it for 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then go their separate ways. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I think just because I think we'll start wrapping some of this up actually there's yeah, two there's two yeah. so we realized that we could be a we really uh, got for a it. long time i think there's two <laughs> two things we should cover before we finish this section i think we'll briefly mm. touch about the the size of the emperor because uh, I, this is a funny i always find this a bit of a funny subplot really because it's sort mm. of there but not there in the sense you you feel i don't i mean i enjoyed this bit of the mm. of the novel but it sort of it is mm. overshadowed to me. It feels like it's overshadowed by obviously the whole call side of things. Oh, but then yeah. again, it, it's yeah. his book anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, the one thing like uh, touched upon earlier, like I said, is the size of the emperor were basically corrupted within by uh, mm. by the gene stealers. Basically, gene stealer cults. They've you know corrupted them over the many years. And the the key thing to understand with the size of the emperor, they're similar to like um, like the salamanders in the sense that they mm. they're quite respectful of normal humans. You know, they're sort of not like well, they don't look at. Yeah, Sorry, they're, they're like full. They were like fully integrated into Sothan society. Like, yeah. It was just it was just a normal thing. You would walk around, and there's a space marine on a street corner keeping the peace. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. they live up there. They live up there in their fortress monastery. You can go visit. Technically, like you have to be there on business, but like you can go. Like they, 
and it's really it is really nice. Like I said, it's exactly like salamanders, but there's um there's one of the scythes. Uh, he's the first he's the first character to die in the book. Yeah, um, he's the one he's the one who is dreaming of like Sotha as it was. Like mm-hmm. he's re- he's he, he again. This is the Pharos doing this uh to him, but you know he remembers just standing on a cliff looking out over the ocean and the forests and like feeling at peace because he can see the city lights like sparkling below him and he knows that life is good like so then society is going on and he's happy and he takes his helmet off to have a deep breath of fresh air and in reality he's asleep and just took his helmet off in an mm. atmosphereless rock yep. yeah. um <laughs> again but, it's like straight out of a horror film connection <laughs> yeah it's straight out of a horror film but like that was one of the saddest and most like solemn things I think I've read yeah. in Warhammer fiction, by the way, yeah. is definitely this book can be very touching at times. Mm. Um, but like just seeing that connection to the society from like, because the size of the emperor are like that, but they're also well known as like a specialist Tyranid hunting chapter, partially mm-hmm. because of the Sotha thing. But like, even before that, they, they were a chapter that was really good at dealing with Tyranids. Um, and you know, we tend to think of like chapters of space marines as being defined by their role in warfare, but they are so much more than that. Like this is a specifically thing, even with the ultramarines, like ultramarines are statesmen as much as warriors in many cases, like they're poets, they're warriors, they're monks, they're statesmen. Like they can fulfill all these roles beyond just being the blade of the emperor. And it was really cool. That was like yeah. that. It's not like that anymore. Uh, the size of the emperor are now just a weapon to be yeah. wielded in war. Yeah. They are all primaris. It's gone now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, quite, it's quite <laughs> sad actually what happens with them because obviously there's that scene where uh, chapter master Thracian is basically they've mm. basically led a because they've captured a uh, a hybrid haven't they basically and they mm. they yeah. use him to take them to the uh, the patriarch basically of the that's obviously mm. you know cause all this trouble um you know obviously yeah. which ends in a you know your typical sort of fight scene and you know they take they mm. take the patriarch down obviously but then at the same time thracian and the remaining scythes are you know the old school scythes anyway are, mm. are basically killed so it's quite a sad yeah. moment really like that is literally mm. the not the end of the size of the emperor because they're still around as a chapter but literally they like mm. you said they're all primaris now they've gone yeah. literally even their yeah. old chapter master is now mm. dead as part of this yeah. as well so and again yeah. there's, there was that sad solemn thing because the chapter master was thinking about how he's happy that the chapter is continuing but he knows that it's not actually continuing in any no. meaningful way like the the current size of the emperor know nothing of what made like he understands what made the size of the emperor important it wasn't their ability to hunt tyrants it was their connection with sotha and the people of their home world mm. was what was really important he he acknowledges that and he knows that and then he dies um <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and and small side note uh hey what's an important but cool thing that makes sense and was just never kind of brought up before if you're infected by a gene sealer just put a null color on yeah. designed to suppress psychic activity and yeah. you'll be okay mm. for the most part until you get like right next to a patriarch, which at that point you're just asking for it. Yeah. Like that's true. The, <laughs> a null, a null color can do, do only wonders. so much, but yeah. like <laughs> it can, can do wonders, but like it's got its limits. But like yeah. that was a really smart idea. Like I didn't yeah. actually, 
I, I the thought of them being contaminated never crossed my mind no, because they're just all. walking around like normal. They're mm. not doing anything crazy or anything. It's mm. like, oh no, we we all got these on for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. Well, like I said, we'll touch upon probably the last thing. I think we just need to quickly mm-hmm. talk about, which is the Pharos itself, really. Which is oh man, which is like <laughs> mind blowing by itself. So yeah. So mm. fundamentally. It's basically a Necron faster than light comms device, really. Um, well, it, it's a it's a fast travel point. Yeah, as well. As well, it, yeah. It, it's literally it's literally you. It's literally the Necrons open up the map. They select their locate. They select their destination, and then they're there. Yeah. Uh, it works off quantum entanglement, which yep. is so cool. no warp. So the idea, no warp. No warp at all. Uh, you just got to rub some particles together and then separate them across to different sides of the galaxy, and you can use them to get from place to place and to communicate from place to place, which is interesting because it's a theoretically possible means of actual communication in the real world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably never get there, but you never know. Um, and it's powered by, yeah, we just sliced these gods up and put one-eighth <laughs> of each god in the bottom of the nuclear reactor. Yeah. <laughs> because that was a good idea. Because <laughs> it's really interesting because, like, the the whole top layer of the Pharos is, like, Necron tech. Yeah. Like, it's real technology stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. super sci-fi stuff. And then you get down into the bottom of the Pharos, and there are these eight coffins chained mm-hmm. up, just hanging in the air, floating menacingly. Like, this doesn't look like technology. This looks <laughs> like some eldritch nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. Because yeah. the Katana terrifying sun-eating vampires. Yep. Um, that completely bend reality to their will, but they can be tricked yes. <laughs> if you're sufficiently subservient and they don't understand how humans work. Um, well, actually, actually that's one, yeah. one thing I was going to touch upon is that with uh, the Catan's conversation with Call, um, which is mm. interesting, I mean, it's worth reading mm. more than anything, but oh, yeah. It, yeah, than what we could explain, but the there's an interesting conversation they have where they're talking mm. about the gods, where, yes. where the Catan basically says, like the machine god, the machine god is a lie. And he says yes. that the chaos gods are basically like, I suppose, effectively byproducts of, you know, mm, just what's emotion. happened, emotion and things like that. Yeah. And the emperor is a weapon. Yes. So I was thinking, what, so yes. what do you make of that? Um. So there's the generally accepted theory that the emperor was created by a bunch of shamans sacrificing themselves and reincarnating into a single body. Uh, so he could be a weapon in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um. This particular Catan is pretty certain humans were a creation of the old ones. Yep. Like, he, he specifically says humanity has strayed far from its uh, original concept from the old ones or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, so it's possible he sees the Emperor as a weapon of the old ones. Yeah. Or he literally means, like, the Emperor was designed by someone else. Like, yeah. it, it's mm. entirely possible this whole thing's a setup. Maybe Malkador made the Emperor. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's entirely <laughs> possible he's a powerful enough psyker to have, like, nudged this into being. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but, like, the the implication of the Emperor... Because saying someone is a weapon has a lot of implications because mm. a weapon has to be wielded by someone else for the most part. And like, to have you, a purpose as well. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the, <laughs> I mean, the idea that the Emperor is basically a psychic weapon, uh, a psychic guidance for weapons or system or something like that, that's just broken and we've just plugged it in and said, this is God, <laughs> uh, is a bit much. Uh, but it's an interesting point of view 
it's vague enough that it could mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I really hope it's expanded on yeah, at so some future point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Oh man. I know. Like I said, I know every time we've so much. I know. <laughs> I, like I said, I, I I think like we say with most of the novels we we cover, you've got to read, you know, to read it. We're, like I said, we, we're never going to mm. go down scene by scene because, like I said, we'll be here forever. But, yeah. like I said, just we've touched upon probably the biggest, you know, the big points there. But there's still a lot more in this as well. Mm. You know, like I said, lots of little nuggets that uh, get spoke about yeah. in this. And mm. I, I think... And you probably agree with me on this, Cameron. I think it's one of those that you. I really urge you to read this book. You know, often with some mm. of the books you cover, mm. like this is a really good book. But you know, if read it if you would like to. I think this one, if you're into the 40k law, especially with what's happening yeah. at the moment in it mm. and uh, the way the timeline's being progressed, this is actually a very crucial book. I believe mm. to read. I it think I, I literally important. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like not just what yeah. it does. Do not, if you're going to, you know, <laughs> if you're sort of, you're, you know, you like reading the important books and you skip some, do not skip this one. Mm. That's yeah. what we're trying to yeah. say. Like, <laughs> all, all the stuff in this, I'm going to say in the next five to 10 years of Black Library stuff, is it's setting the groundwork for that. Yeah. Like, we're going to yeah. have something in like six years' time where it's like, it turns out there's actually another. 17 alpha primuses stored <laughs> yeah. away yeah. i wonder what that's for and then you know like, i don't know alpha primus kills gilliman and drinks his blood and becomes <laughs> new improved gilliman who knows it's probably not going to be that but no but there's like, yeah. so much stuff yeah no, like i think everything in this is either like you said it's either just purely interesting like oh i didn't know that mm. or there's some bits like wow this will have a massive knock-on effect sometime mm. down mm. the line if not eventually now. yeah Exactly. So, so read it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Okay. Um, we will have our last little break now. Um, and then after that, we'll have a quick little discussion topic and we're going to mm. hit you with some AOS facts. Bang, bang. Back soon. <laughs> and welcome back. It's now discussion topic time. And as mm-hmm, promised, mm-hmm. we're now going to talk yeah. about our favorite. AOS facts, uh, some of the little nuggets mm. that are out there. Because obviously, you know, AOS is in a funny place in the sense compared to 40K, obviously a lot of it's newer. So obviously there's not as much out there potentially. But then mm. Mm. we're trying to say to you there is. And obviously there's been a lot of, uh, especially thanks to Phil Kelly, um, there's been a lot <laughs> yeah. of uh, AOS facts going around in recent times. And so we thought, you know, just some of them you may be already aware of, but obviously some you may not be. So we just thought we would highlight some of our, favorites that we're aware Ooh. of i'm sure there's probably others that we're missing um so cameron tell me a fact yes uh so this comes to us from phil kelly uh so solemnness of elixir was a master sword maker who put a strand of her own hair through the core of each blade she made uh she was killed by a chaos sorcerer and was reborn as the silver maiden a banshee of living quicksilver uh, and she's important because those swords she made are sentient and are actually the endless spell, the Quicksilver Swords, ah. uh, that hates chaos, does way better against chaos. Yeah. Nice. That's good. So, so there's an anti-chaos living metal banshee out there. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> suspiciously Necron. Yes. Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, I'm going to say about... Skitter Strand Arachnox. Arachnox. Uh, so basically, yeah, yeah. these are these are cool because they're basically huge spiders coming mm. from a place called the Evercrawl that yeah. 
that basically can create one use <laughs> realm gates <laughs> using the threads of mortality to basically mm. create a realm gate. They jump in, yeah. they snatch yeah. a victim, take it back to Shaish, yeah. drain mm. its soul, and uh, it then at their own will. I mean, I just thought, can, yeah. wait a minute, realm teleporting spiders. Or. Mm. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, actually teleporting via the souls that they're taking. Uh, no thanks. Yeah. No thank you. <laughs> no thank you very I'll much. Stick, I'll <laughs> stick with the regular kind. Yes. Because I can't get rid of them. Um, yeah. Mad. Um, so my, my next little one is an interesting one because it's kind of a cultural one, okay. uh, which is Oryx count on their fingers one mm. to five and then the same again. Um, and you know, you, so you have fingers, you can ha- go one, two, three, four, five on your fingers and five fingers is a fist. And so like the, f- they, they have like a base five number system, I guess, in that case, yep. uh, which is really interesting. Uh, but however, the mighty Gordrak is so cunning. He knows secret numbers above even that all the way up to 10, uh, <laughs> which is no mean feat given in the lad in Given that in the legends of the ravenous realms of beasts, realm of beasts, seven, eight, nine, um, <laughs> bazinga. Um, but I, I think that I think that's really interesting. Like mm. that's all they need to know is they can count yeah. to five because yeah. you go. There's one of them. There's two of them. There's three of them. There's four of them. There's five of them. Any more than five, there's a fist of them. Yep. If you've got two fists, you're all good. I yeah. kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> simple. Why? Why overcomplicate mm-hmm. things? Exactly. Actually, why overcomplicate things? Why, for example, my next fact is orc related. Iron jaws. Mm. They make oh. their armor. They don't. They don't take it to the blacksmith. They just punch it. That's how they. Put their, that's how they make their armor. They literally <laughs> punch mean, it into shape. It. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, again, you know, you don't. You're not trying to look all fancy. You just want to get back mm. into causing lots of destruction. So, you know, just get your fist, smash it into the the place <laughs> you want it, put it on. Jobs are good, and yeah. off you go. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I will have one more. Uh, so it's about my, my favorite Stormcast, Garda Steel Soul. Um, so essentially, uh, his, his tragic backstory, because you know Stormcast have to have a tragic backstory. Yeah. Uh, he was actually a pacifist. He was a doctor uh, until the skin stealer tribe of, I believe, corn worshippers broke into the hospital and he picked up two foot long iron candlesticks and went to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So his backstory is actually very cool and it's not really brought up super specifically. Like it's, it's implied at certain points in some of the books, but that's his backstory was he was a doctor who at one point to defend his patients beat a bunch of corn worshippers to death with a candlestick. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can count you that with another famous Stormcast, mm. and that's Vandus Hammerhand. Mm-hmm. So, he, one thing you may not know is that he, I mean, you, you may know him for obviously being the one, the first storm cast that you hear about in AOS potentially, but mm. you may not know that uh, he's sort of a bit fearful because he gets basically visited with visions by what's known as the lightning mm. man. And basically Ooh. the lightning man tells him visions of what's going to happen. And obviously he used that to good effect because obviously it helped him, uh, in sort of, you know, warn about what was going to happen with the Necroquake mm. and Shaish Nadir and things like that. Um, yeah. But Vandus is a bit, 
concerned because he believes that the lightning man may be his future self that's come back in time mm. to you know oh, yeah. to warn of what's going to happen so he's a bit concerned that that's maybe a path he may go one day he like is in he will become mm. the lightning man and obviously all the consequences that come with it as well so Ooh, who knows i, awesome. I think they developed something with vander's hammer hand actually oh they've got to he had a really good like, start and yeah, then it just it, kind of disappeared yeah you sort of <laughs> feel like he's been a bit neglected since sort of mm. he was like the face of stormcast like initially when he was dealing with like corgus cool and and such mm. like but yeah he just yeah i think they need to do a bit more with him um i think that's it as well for my little facts so i've got a couple other little yeah. ones like um, because I was reading this in the More Tribes book recently, is Stone st- ah. Stonehorns. Okay, so Stonehorns, mm. interesting fact, is that their skeletons are made of gemstone and rock. Um, oh, and that basi- I didn't know. No, well, and the, the, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's a bit of a double-edged thing, because obviously the good thing is it makes them, you know, very heavy, very tough, mm. you know, they're bulldozing through enemies, hence why, you know, ogres are riding them. But the yeah. consequence is they have to keep moving, because basically, if they mm. stop for a long, you know, for a little while, they will literally mm. like lock into place. Because basically, their bones <laughs> will stop. You know, will literally because the mm. of the gemstone and the rock in there, they will literally go and just sort of freeze oh, in place. So they have to be. Hence, why they're constantly charging. So I thought that was quite a cool um, little mm. thing as well. Um, and also another, I think this is a Phil Kelly one, which is the, to do with the celestial warbringers, the um, obviously one of the stormcast ones um, mm. that basically their seers supposedly tell them what their death is going to be on well deaths because obviously as we know stormcast have multiple deaths a lot of the time um so basically they know their own deaths so or what's going to cause it um so they ultimately Mm. become very reckless because ultimately if they you know if they know they're going to die to some night haunt for example Mm. if they're not fighting night haunt they can be a bit more cavalier because well i'm not going to die today Mm. because i'm destined to die to night haunt so Yeah. yeah Uh, right okay well that's i think some aos facts to you know Mm. get stuck into we may do that some more of that at a later time as we discover more so and i think we'll wrap up this episode episode Mm. 42 i said i hope you've uh enjoyed it uh so just for interest this is basically the penultimate episode of the year Mm. okay so we're gonna said we could do one more which we're going to record next weekend um so basically it'll give us a nice sort of chunky gap between recording uh so basically we can have a christmas and new year off yeah <laughs> <laughs> which our families will hopefully <laughs> enjoy they'll appreciate i hope <laughs> exactly like no you're not bloody recording again <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so no it's uh yeah so hopefully like i said we'll uh have a few things planned for that so yeah basically that'll be a bit of a wrap you know a 2019 wrap-up show um mm. i've got a few ideas which i'm gonna share with cameron during the week Ooh, <laughs> of what we can Welcome talk about so it'll be a bit like i said it'll be a bit different next episode just for that one mm. um and yeah like we said at the start of the show look out for warhammer waffle the latest one if you've not mm. checked it out already um and you know cameron where can people find you on the internet uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Uh, come see me yell about my country burning to the ground while our <laughs> government ignores it. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at mm. realm underscore and underscore ruin uh, while I'll post hobby updates as they happen. Uh, so maybe not too much for the next week, but once I'm <laughs> off work at the end of next week, oh boy. 
Oh, oh. That ramp up, innit? Oh, I'll, have, I'll just have nothing stuff. else to do. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, cool. Okay, well, you can find me also on Twitter at NinjaBadger7, and you can find our podcast on there as well. That's our main Ooh. social media, you know, yeah. palm Thing. out there, you know, hand and yeah. foot and everything. Yeah. Over yeah, there. it's uh, uh, it's at Realm and Ruin. In case you're wondering, where yeah, to find yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, at Realm and Ruin. Uh, cool. Oh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one, as always. Bye. Ooh. Ta-ra.